are the wrestlers, <laughs> the mighty, mighty wrestlers. Everywhere we go, people want to know what they want to know. We are. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny. It, 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 it's funny, Marcus. It's funny that he started singing. I was gonna, I was gonna break in. The, I'm so glad, but he he goes, "Whole, oh, I, I love it though. I love it that we just may come out of every break singing songs. That's just, that's just how, that's just how this one's gonna be today. So, uh, welcome to a live edition of the ONG Strike Zone. Feeling like a million bucks. Still feeling good. Still wearing orange and green. Uh, you know, still still feeling good about Sunday night victory. Guys are Marcus is running, getting stuff. What do you got, Marcus? The Kelvin sing a song. Marcus is what are you with to go get? What is that? Popcorn? Mm, Marcus has got the popcorn. Man, I tell you what, man, it, it is a it's a beautiful day to be a rattler. Hey. What is that? Tea drinking the tea. Man, I tell you what. Uh, we are it feels good to open the season with a victory, and that's what we had down in Miami Gardens, 28 to 10 victory over Jackson State to watch uh, the 2023 season literally kick off with a bang. Mm. Um, and so, wow, you know, uh, hopefully want to encourage everybody. Thank you for first off tuning in to the ONG Strike Zone. Those of you we saw uh, down in South Florida, uh, it was good to see you, uh, yes. took, took some pictures with some folks, um, you know, and, and, and just spreading the love because that was a big win in so many, yes. so many ways. And it felt good to be in the post game presser and, and talk to coach and, and just kind of reiterate that feeling that so many of you, so much of Rattler nation, feels uh whether it be sunday night monday morning still going on tuesday and wednesday and i know i know we're supposed to be on the usf but ooh, th this one this one hang this one hangs like one of them homecoming hangovers where it just kind of take you about three days to get over that's mm -hmm. what this it's feels amazing like. how quiet people get when they get their books full, man and how sensitive they get but, man, I mean, look, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it 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 get, it gets real quiet. It gets real quiet uh, on on those streets, boy. I tell you what. Um, I I love I love the folks who are keeping receipts though. The Twitter accounts. Uh, oh, parody Rella. Thank you. Oh he, man, he gets that, that, an that, A that, plus. Jamari Sheree. Oh man, that's the best one. By it far. is. It is. It is. Uh, what was the other one, Mark? I think Ashton Harris. I think he's got a couple. I, I'm telling you, all of you, those. Oh yeah, you, and um, uh, gosh, what's my man, Radical Rattler. Yeah, uh, uh, if you have, if you've been keeping receipts and you've been putting them out there, I know I've been trying to to retweet them as as much as possible from every site that I got access to, and I will hope you guys too because we need to flood the marketplace with those because, you know, how many, how much, how long, and how. How, just you know what you should do. Just bookmark. I may go back through his account and just bookmark all of these because how long did we have to listen to fifty nine to three? 
You know, anytime there was any kind of discussion, all them Bemers did was throw out 59 to three. <laughs> all right. they did was just throw out 59 to three. So, yeah, I mean. Damn you by 40. By 40. Where, and hold on, where in the shirt? Who put this? Who made this shirt? Hold on. Where, Stop, Tom Perkins. Duh. I got to go to the, hold on. I may have to go to the split screen here and actually show uh, the shirt uh, because this was, this was absolute genius. This was absolute genius. I'm going to see if I can pull it up for those of you who haven't seen it yet. Um, yeah, I know Kelvin, Kelvin tweeted it out from his account. Yeah. There it is. The the shirt, the shirt's right there. Fam you by 40. I I, I got I got a hey, chalker. If, if you own today, I gotta get one, buddy. Let me know. Hey, we we gonna we're gonna do something a little different and special because we haven't we haven't had a chance to interact. But we're gonna give out the link. We're going to give out the link. We're going to bring folks who want to come in and talk with us because we don't have any guests today. Look, it, it's how hype this week has been, and it's been so chaotic. <laughs> we've been I, – I know me personally. I bet Kelvin too. We've been just trying to catch up. And so it's like, okay, we – we just gonna we just gonna work this out and but you know what we want to talk to Rattler Nation. This is one of them days where we we got to talk to the Rattlers. So uh, coming up a little bit later, we're gonna drop the uh, link, give you a chance. Uh, of course, our our JBM members they get pushed to the front. So if you're a JBM member, uh, you can go ahead and uh, get ready because when that link and when I see your name, I'll definitely put you uh, to the front of the line. Uh, anybody else? Uh, never, never too late to be a part of the JBN membership. All you got to go to YouTube.com/slash MyJBN online/slash join. Um, you know, I know we've had other people join in other ways via some of our other methods, and we're gonna try to work those methods out so that they sync up with this. Uh, but you know, obviously, like I said, today we're gonna, we're gonna drop that out and. Uh, and so, yeah, let's go through the roll call real quick. Let's say hey to Rattler Nation who's checked in. Bull, first one in the door, uh, coming in early. Bull said he's ready, coming to South Florida. And so that's going to be a good one this upcoming weekend. Big opportunity for FAMU. Hello, Meredith. Good to see you. Thanks for coming in. Mary 305. I had to be – that one had to be a good one uh, down in the – down that way. Good to see you, Mary. Thanks for jumping in. Uh, M Mac Webb, one down, twelve to go. Strike and strike again. I, I love the countdown. See, there's a person who's already thinking those two postseason games. I love it. I love it. What does Rattler Mac? Tamara T. Boy, I I tell you what, checking folks up in the post games and in the post game chats was 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 not to be played. This weekend. Good evening. Good to see you. Thanks for thanks for jumping in. Melissa Wilson coming in. Good to see you. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Kenya, Kenya, good to see Kenya. We got we're gonna have some good discussion because Kenya, Kenya, uh, some good, some good thoughts, some good, some some uh some some good commentary on the Twitter. And we may uh when we open up the lines, Kenya, if you're still available, hey, I'd we'd love for you to come on and and uh, we we can maybe talk about that a little bit as well during this uh, 
during this show. James Austin said he was close. Um, he said we would score 31. Yeah, we probably should have scored 31. We definitely should have. Should have. No, without a doubt. Dr. Lori, good to see you. And, of course, moderating the chat room. So you guys keep it civil. If you get out of hand, you will get sniped. I'm telling you that now. She is not going to play around with your tails today, especially when we're feeling so good. So uh, I love y'all. We love the interaction. We invite other folks into our house. But don't get crazy. Recognize. First, first thing, anybody from Jackson State ought to come in and say, congratulations, you were right, we were wrong. All right, now, that, that's the first thing anybody from J-State should come in and say, you know. Uh, yeah, hey, I don't know. I don't know where he is. He's he's done a good job of uh, representing FAMU, no doubt. Chuck Hunt checking in from Monroe, Louisiana. I love it, Chuck. Congratulations to Rattler Nation. I love it. I love it. That's what it that's what it should be about. Jay Mack, Jimmy Mack coming in. Good day to be a Rattler. Yes, indeed. Marcus, good to have you. Good. Thank you for uh, being Marcus? a JBA member. We appreciate you. Uh, sweet. What up, fam? Sweet. Oh, bull, you on that crown royal honey, huh? That's man, that's some good stuff. That's some good stuff. That's some good stuff. I, I, I may or may not be. No telling. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Oh, my goodness. Yes, indeed. Um, appreciate that, uh, Tamara. Well, we covered – we tried to cover not only the pregame from the tailgate, uh, from the fan zone, but the postgame was fun as well. So, again, want to encourage anybody who – if you want, you know, like, full in-depth post game about the game that's where we talked about it this show is more so a a, a party celebration we're gonna get into a few a few topics uh, also try to um, really set the scene for this upcoming weekend because we do have another one on board you know we got another one on board wait a minute so bull you know move from the honey to the peach or are you just giving us a heads up of what's to come this weekend is that, is that what i'm hearing is that, is that my is that your interpretation of that, Marcus? When you see that, honey? What, <laughs> yeah, he's going down all the flavors now. What's better, honey? If you had just one crown royal honey or crown royal peach, that's an interesting dilemma. Interesting dilemma. Keith, good to see you, Fangs Up Podcast. Exactly. That's that's the new shirt. I'm you know, idea man here. So whoever wants to come up with it. Let us know. So outside of FAMU by 40, that needs to get reproduced. That should be the official game shirt. The other official post-game shirt needs to be this one. Ain't no fun when the Rattler has the gun and just have a snake pointing the gun at the Tiger. That's all you got to do. That's an easy seller. Easy seller. You know, make sure to give Fangs Up Podcast his proper credit because he's the one that came up with it. And we'll help promote the heck out of it. But make sure to give Keith his proper credit, because I remember Keith is the one who uh, kind of came up with that idea. Uh, all right. Uh, oh, there's got one more. Kenneth Rozier in the house. What's up? Yeah. So uh, appreciate you guys. Make sure to hit the thumbs up. Thumbs up button. Uh, Road dogs in the house. <laughs> O&G. O&G hey, drink. Go, 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 go ahead and bring Matthews. Huh? Go on, throw that one right quick. Where, man? Where is it? Oh, Braden Matthews. Ah, oh, hey. All right. That's all. Good. All right, Braden. There you go. My man. Respect. My respect. Man. There you go. My <laughs> man. Good to, Good job. Good job. Good to see Tony in, in the house, too. I'm 
try not to miss anybody, you know, try to go through the roll call here. <laughs> Marcus, are you just, you just, is this another Marcus or is this you? Oh, it's me. Oh, okay. My bad. I'm like, hey, Marcus, you're here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, There's only one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mr. Figures jumped in. <clears throat> uh, orange helmets and white face. Oh, is that the, is that the, uh, is that the plan for Tampa? Uh, they Did just put out. No, they just. I'm surprised they just put out um, a graphic, and it's showing us in our all green with white helmets and white face masks. And usually, I don't know. It's usually kind of spot on when they do that preview. I know it was last year, even though this year it was kind of thrown off a little bit because the the guy that they showed number twenty nine. I think that's um, gosh, forgotten his name, Cumberbatch. He had on a different uniform set, or at least he had a different helmet than what we wore on Sunday. But everything else. Track. So we'll see. But I don't know why they have us wearing home colors unless USF right. chose to wear the all-white. Right. They probably chose to wear the all-whites. Um, all right. So just uh, while I'm pulling up a couple of graphics here, Marcus, Kelvin, let's just go. Just some some instant thoughts on, on reactions. Reactions from the last couple of days, maybe some interviews, different comments that you've seen, whether it be from coaches, players, just some general thoughts here. While I, I'm trying to, to gather up a couple of graphics to lead us into our, ne- our, our next conversation. Go ahead first. Uh, well, I think as a team and, a, and as a head coach, Willie Simmons acknowledged that this was good to start off on a good foot, whereas the past two years we've already been behind the eight ball. But I think he's made a, a point of emphasis, maybe not directly, but to say that this is one step in the journey. So this is one notch in the belt for the 2023 season. So I think he's he's giving it the proper gravity as it relates to starting off the season right and, and getting past Jackson State, but not letting that be as it were uh, coined by multiple people on the other sideline, our Super Bowl. No, this was our, our season opening win with a hopeful championship at the end. Period, point blank. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, you know, I, I get the whole trying to make it bigger than what it is, but, you know. Go ahead. I was uh, really pleased with um the game plan. We stuck with the run. We ran the ball. Two to three, the ratio, two two out of three times, we ran the ball. And we ran the ball effectively. Mm. Our top two backs, both rush, uh, was averaging more than six yards per rush. And I think for the game, we averaged about five yards per rush with everybody. So we had a very um, productive game plan. And it set up the pass. You notice when we did go to pass, we had some guys that were open. Now, we didn't take full advantage of our opportunities in the past game, but we have a formula that would definitely give us a chance to win Win out. Use the run to set up the pass, play good defense, and we'll probably, from a talent standpoint, this is the first time in, in probably the last 15 years well, we're going into a game against a FBS opponent where I, I really feel like we have a legitimate shot. We have the depth. We have the talent. We talked about those 42 
seniors, redshirt seniors, and grad. So we got the experience. And so, you know, expectations are rightfully high. And uh, we have a reason to be optimistic. Now, we still got to play uh, at a optimal level. We still have to execute. We still have to come up with a game plan. But but we know going into this game, I know the coaches and the players feel the same way. We have an opportunity where we can win this game. And so I, I'm just very excited to, uh, you know, usually – from game one to game two is when you make your most improvement during the season. That's the coaches uh, speak. You know, typically that's what folks say. So hopefully that's the case with us. And um, I, I think if we crank that running game up, score a little early. I want to get. I want to give too much away talking about the Tampa game yet, but but I, I'm excited, man. Uh, and and I I really like what I saw. The only thing I would say about the JSU game. Is uh you know we've got to take take advantage of those opportunities of big plays. We got to got to hit a bigger percentage of that, and of course we got to fix our uh, kicking field goal kicking because the rest of the special teams unit was 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 um excellent. Our return game was excellent. Our punting was excellent, and and, and I went back and looked at those uh two block field goals, and I, and then I, I looked at a couple of them that got blocked last year. And I'm starting to question our, our uh, alignment, how we place those guys on the end. Now, granted, I think Jennings was the guy on one on one of those plays, and he chose the chip, the outside guy, and let the guy inside that was head up inside of him get through the gap untouched. However, I still think the way we have them turned, you ask him to do. I think the reason we get so many of those field goals blocked, why 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 people are consistent with it, because we asking players to do things that they probably can't do. We probably need to line him, turn him a little bit more. Um, I, they got him almost what uh, ninety degree. We probably need to angle him a little more, seventy degrees, and um, close that gap up. Put make make put that foot right next to that end guy and remember you want to stop the guy the, the most dangerous person to you is the person that's head up inside first and you just chip the outside guy so i'm i'm sure they'll, they'll be working on it because because i know all our opponents they're gonna look at that film and, and look at our history of getting uh, field goals blocked and so we got to fix that but all, all in all man i'm very pleased with the effort we put forth Mm -hmm. And to your point, Kelvin, uh, circling back around, uh, I guess for, for special teams, if I recall, and you know, you may remember, or Brian may remember, maybe even Josh, you know, if you, but I think it's the first kickoff return we had since Marcus Williams, 2019. 2019. 2019 so 19. that was good to get that cranking up in game one. The second thing about our next opponent, USF, you mentioned all the things we have going for us, but I think. Having USF as the opponent could be an advantage. They're coming. They're coming with a first-time head coach, coming off of what one in eleven, one in ten, one in eleven season. Yep. Don't know how much roster turnover they had, and that's not a guarantee now because you see, you know, sometimes roster turnover could turn your team's fortunes around. But right. if there were any FBS, there's probably a few FBS opponents 
that would have been ideal candidates in terms of being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And with everything that's going on at USF in terms of coaching change record and starting a redshirt freshman as, as talented as he may be, you know, that kind of like plays into the, to our hands as well. Along with Alabama, they play Alabama next week out of us. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure it's tough to get full focus um, on, on us with us being sandwiched right in right before the Alabama game. So, yeah, there's a lot of things in our favor. We just got to be able to take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if their coaches are looking at we, – we talked about this on the – the preview uh, podcast that we did. This is a this is a trap game in the stance that if you if you take us for granted, I hate to use a figure of speech, but we might strike you. <laughs> you might get, you might get snake bit if you take us for granted. You know, so y- you got to send the message out to your guys that yes, and the, the coaches are probably telling themselves. Yeah, we got to get ready and find a way to get ourselves fine-tuned for Alabama. But we can't sleep on this team. I mean, this team has the third longest winning streak in the country, right, at 10 games. Um, you know, they they haven't uh, – you know, they have a long winning streak at home. In the state of Florida, they probably have – that streak is probably if – you, if you add in the state of Florida, we're, you know, uh, a nice streak as well. So – Anderson, the team that played USF very well two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, you know, who knows how many players are still aboard, but I know the fans hear it. And then if if people start to juicing up folks about the history of FAMU coming to Tampa and playing Tampa, well, then you start getting to 1969 and, and Jake Gaither's last ball game and the historic game that that was against the University of Tampa. So – it's a it's a lot for USF for a home opener, and uh, we're going to talk about that because it's a very interesting team in terms of tempo. And uh, I did I was able to ask Coach Simmons about that at his Tuesday press conference, and so found out some interesting nuggets about that. But before we start moving off of uh, this past weekend, I thought I'd bring up just the topic of conversation about attendance from the past week. You know, we wrap up week one. Week one kind of started on Thursday and went all the way until Sunday night. And I know one of the things that has been an interesting topic for a lot of people is the attendance numbers at the Orange Blossom Classic. Uh, because anybody who saw the uh, any video of the stands, well, I don't know if vi- – Marcus, you, you tell me, from the video angles – were they mostly pointed where the Jackson State sideline was in the view mostly of the uh, of the TV broadcast? Uh, it looked like it. I mean, I, okay, yeah. so that was the, because the cameras are on the home side. The cameras are on the side where FAMU is. Right, yeah, that's what it looked. Yeah. I mean, I was focused on the game, but when they panned the crowd, it looked a little sparse. No, it was sparse. No, it it, it was sparse. So uh, obviously, FAMU represented. Um, so. It, it, Let's just let's just kind of put it up there. The final attendance numbers uh, came out. It came out a little bit later than what people uh, had expected because trust me, people were looking for them all all day. And they actually came in at twenty four thousand nine hundred and sixty seven, uh, which is certainly lower than last year's thirty nine nine oh seven 
and even two years ago when it was between 34 and 35,000. And, you know, you heard my predictions. I thought it was, you know, they were trending towards possibly 45. So I was shocked that it was 24, 9, 6, 7. Now, in comparison to everything else that went on this weekend, look at these numbers. The Labor Day Classic at Alabama State only drew 22, which is a – that's a sellout. I mean, let's be real. That that stadium probably holds just about 22, maybe a little bit more if they open up the grass seating or, you know, if you had a Tuskegee-Alabama State game, right? The Labor Day Classic at Norfolk State, uh, that stadium holds 30,000, so that's pretty good that they got 21,649. The Labor Day Classic in Houston uh, where FAMU, when they travel to play Texas Southern – that game will be played in that same arena. They threw 18-271, and I think that's about capacity for that stadium. Division two game, the Boeing Red Tails Classic between Fort Valley and Tuskegee, Drew. Is that 16? Yes. Yeah, 16, just over 16,000, 16, 123. So interesting that it, it, as it relates to this game, the Orange Blossom Classic, Disappointing numbers, but in comparison to everything else that went on in HBCU versus HBCU games, it was still the top game. So um, I just kind of put this out there for discussion, guys. What do you think some of the factors are that contributed to the attendance? And how would you evaluate, you know, this game? And, you know, obviously the OBC says they're going to carry on. Uh, they, they haven't announced who the two teams are. I've been trying my hardest to get some, some hints as to who it may be, but they're holding that real tight to the vest. Uh, what are your, what are your thoughts here, Kelvin and Marcus? First, I'll say, I, I know who they have targeted, who they've approached, but, uh, it hadn't been signed off yet. Do you want to release uh, that? Do you want, do you want to say? Cause I think I know who as well, but I, I want to see if we're on the same page. I, I, I'll just say, surprisingly, <laughs> to some maybe, it, it, it could be two sweat schools. I've heard that as well. Yes, I've heard that. I've so, heard that. so, so we'll see if they work that out and if they actually agree to that. And if they do, it's going to be because of the money. And I, I think people equate attendance to the money factor. But what, what I would say is that because this game – has the uh, sports commission and the uh, county commission and all these different sponsors, you know, the, the network TV, then attendance is not a in all be all. They can still pay, pay the payouts, still be a profitable game because they've, they've done a good job in building relationships. Now, in terms of Jackson State's attendance, it was expected. Um, Brian, we kind of talked about it on and off there. And um, they had just played in Atlanta, and they had probably 15,000 people in Atlanta. And they played Southern this weekend in Baton Rouge. Those are short drive times. So they had to pick and choose. So I didn't expect them. I didn't expect them to have that few people. I mean, they really they really look like um, Mississippi Valley State over there. <laughs> yeah, I'd be surprised. But, but, but I, I didn't expect them. I, I knew they weren't going to have the crowd they had last year for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um. So so you, you had that going on with, with 
Jackson State side of things. Um, you know, if folks got to choose what games they go to. They're going to go to Atlanta and they're going to go to Baton Rouge versus trying to make this trek all the way down to Miami. Uh, in, in terms of other things, I would say, of course, we had the, the, the hurricane that hit the state early in the week, and I think that drove some people to change their mind and not come because they didn't know uh, how much of a hassle it would be. I, I, I would say probably the heat, the anticipation of the heat uh, probably drew a few few folks away. And... um. And, um, you know, they didn't, for whatever reason, didn't look like the local market. There's, there's a, what, probably a well, million and a half to two million black people at in, 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 the, in, the three, in the three counties, in the tri-county yeah. area of Miami-Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach. Right. And, uh, um, and, and, and for whatever reason, I heard advertisement. I thought they did a pretty decent job of of advertising and everything but for whatever reason it didn't connect with the local community so you didn't have a big turnout of the you know of the home base and I, that was the biggest difference so uh they keep you know, talking about those the are some of the things yeah they keep people when you talk about the local you know I, i'm not in that area but i guess I, I, the folks keep saying the time you know maybe that game would would have done better at six o'clock and you would have had more local people there than at three o'clock and so I don't know. We, 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 yeah, we've already had that discussion. We understand what would have happened if that game is not played at six o'clock. Um, so it really was. But I, I'm just, I, I guess I'm, I'm still in shock that the local turnout appears to be as low as it did. Um, that, that just is shocking to me. But Marcus, uh, any any thoughts here? You want to add any anything to that discussion here? Uh, well. I mean, we saw the attendance numbers. We saw the television numbers. And, you know, as much, I don't know how much of a correlation, but there is a correlation that, you know, in the absence of a larger-than-life personality, the numbers went down. I'm not saying that's the only cause or the main cause, but somebody could draw that conclusion that it may not have had the same degree of appeal without a certain personality there to liven it up now it was on the mothership so it was on espn and so I, there, I like there were challenges to that though there were challenges to that being on espn yes and so i would like to see you know just to compare numbers not drawing any conclusions or, or speculating just like to see what the espn programming last year would on the mothership was at three o'clock at the same time slot and their numbers and then i think um hbcu game day already did the comparison year over year for 2021, 22 and 23 for the um, ratings. Uh, what, what were those? If you pull, if you, do you have the access to those? Cause I know, um, I know, what Mo, I know what Mo Carter had, had tweeted out. Um, Mo had kind of posted the numbers, but it looks like it's about maybe 45% of what it was last year. Let me see. Um, yeah, it was nine hundred and like sixty-five thousand last yeah. year, and it was like four hundred and something. Yes, seven eight this year. This year. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so here are the televised HBCU game ratings according to Sports Media Watch. The Jackson State FAMU uh, pulled in four hundred and thirty-eight thousand viewers on ESPN. Uh, that 
uh, compared to the Morehouse Virginia Union game, which was on NFL Network, only pulled in 168,000 viewers. Grambling and Hampton, which is also on NFL Network, 109,000. And then on ESPNU Sunday night, the Fort Valley Tuskegee game, which was 67,000. Uh, now, in terms of where that put the Jackson State. Uh, yeah. I'm looking at the HBCU Game Day article that came out earlier today. Okay. Uh, so we had 438,000 viewers this year compared to 958,000 last year when it was on ESPN2, which is in markedly fewer households compared to the mothership based on you know the cable distribution and all that stuff and the 2021 matchup which i believe was also on espn2 had 715,000 viewers but okay now in those two years though you didn't have spectrum which has how many millions of viewers hmm. in not only florida and mississippi and i think there's even another contract that's in a company in the mississippi region or area that they were having some contract disputes with ESPN. So unlike last year and the year before, you've got millions of people who could not access ESPN. And I, and I mean, you couldn't even access it if you had ESPN Plus. Because trust me, I have ESPN Plus, And because that game was on ESPN, you couldn't catch it. And so you had to go to a bar or because a bar might have satellite or it might have some other means, YouTube, TV, Hulu, TV, whatever. And so that's how you had to watch it. Um, mm -hmm. Or, And I think Spectrum is a subsidiary of Charter Communications or Cox or one of those. I read that in some of the articles. So, I mean, this covering, I guess Spectrum, or my presumption, I don't have it, but Spectrum may be affiliated with the even larger communications company. So we don't know if they've also clipped their ESPN because of the contract dispute over the, yeah. I guess, rights fees. Yeah. So that um, is a good point. So, and that's why I was saying it's not solely because Coach Prime wasn't there. There are other mitigating factors that contributed to it. Mm -hmm. But one could at least say, eh, that might have a little something to do with it. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's do this. Let's, uh, let's take a break come back and I'm gonna I'm gonna drop the uh, during the commercial break I'm gonna drop the uh, the link to join our show if you're if you're interested in one look you don't have to join our show with your video you we'll, we'll go with audio you don't have to you don't have to dial in and turn your camera on but uh, if you want to come in for a couple of minutes and share your thoughts on the past weekend maybe some thoughts on the game some reaction from Jackson State fans or the attendance at the OBC. We'll, we'll do all of that here in hour one. So we'll, we'll kind of continue on with the theme. And then after hour one, we are moving on to USF and other news. Does that sound good to everybody? Mm -hmm. All right. Sure. Good, deal. good deal. Let's take a short break, <clears throat> come back and uh, get ready to hear from some of Rattler Nation, hear from you guys here coming up on the other side. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone right here on the Black College Sports Network. We'll be back in just a moment. I promise we'll be back in just a moment. Give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody messed with all my timers here. So, all right, let's yeah, exactly. We'll be back in just a moment. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique 
helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. I'm returning to Clinton, Paris, and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the law office of Clinton, Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. All right, welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Marcus, Kelvin here. Uh, I, I messed that. Uh, I messed that up here. Let me try that again. Uh, I probably messed something up in the link here for everybody, so I'll try it one more time here. Bear with me for a second. Put it in the chat room. You guys, go ahead and talk. It is a uh, a radio show podcast. <laughs> Don't just wait on me here. Uh, okay, we'll see if we'll see if this works. We'll try it again for everybody. So I just put it in the chat. Uh, obviously, JBN members go to the front of the line. Um, you can become a member of the JBN uh, YouTube team here. YouTube.com slash my JBN online slash join. Um, and that's for for all of our folks here. Um, Brian, I was going to suggest one other thing I think that probably was a factor in terms of uh, the game. And um, I don't know if we if the price points in all the different spots are where they need to be yet. Also, I don't know how affordable it is for a you know family of four or larger uh, as a Labor Day leisure event. So. I think you probably have to look at the pricing. I know, like, for instance, the uh, 50-yard line on the home side where they had those premium seats. Yeah. There might there, there might have been 10 people in that section. Well, you know, mm. it's funny. It's funny. That section, and I had Mike Reed send me some photos of that. 
apparently he felt like it was overpriced by about $200. Uh, I think he said they were going for about 480, just shy of 500. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I'm just now, again, if you're, if you're balling and got that kind of dough, that's probably, it, it's probably cheaper than if you were to go to a Miami Dolphins game. Is, is it the same price as uh, a Miami Hurricanes ticket? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I just saw something today. I mean, if we're just using it as a comparison, that the Canes are doing a buy one, get one free. So if you bought tickets for the Texas A&M game Jesus. this weekend, they're throwing imagine in Georgia, Georgia Miami, Tech. Imagine the you got to remember. Buy one, get one. That That's where we're well, at. Well, you got you to gotta remember, that's been a trend in um, college sports. Um, well, just in sports in general, even in NFL and in, in, in NBA. Well, you know, because of streaming services and other things um, where they're doing, they're being more creative trying to get people in the stadiums and they reconfigure in the stadiums. They they are decreasing capacity in a lot of places yeah. uh, in, in, in order to create more premium spots and get more top dollar. So, I mean, it, it's not just an OBC issue. It, it is a legitimate Thing, trying to drive people to come to a lot of uh, events. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, let's go to our uh, one of our first callers here coming in. Uh, we're gonna bring in for a couple of minutes, and it looks like we got a <laughs> we got Ashton coming in. Ashton, welcome <laughs> to the ONG, man. How you doing? I'm doing fine. How about you doing? Hey, we doing good. What's man. going we, on, Ashton, man? What's, what's, what's going on, Kelvin? What's going on, Marky? Doing all right. What, man, what you got man. for us, man? What you got Talk for us? us. What you man, that sure was fun watching that game on uh Sunday. I was hyped. I hyped all the way through. What well, what was your biggest takeaway from what you saw? Well, my biggest takeaway is that number one, we finally get the we finally get the bragging rights. Number two, we we um uh, we was able to run the ball efficiently. Mm-hmm. Number three, I was imp- I was impressed with the defense. Number four, I was a little disappointed in Musa and Musa and everything, but um, I'm pretty sure Coach will get that cleaned up with him. And I'm just ready now that we got our first test out the way. Now it's time for us to go to go win out so we can get to the Swag East title. Man, I'm super excited. What's uh what's your what's your take on this USF game? Do you you feel like this is a winnable game or are you like, hey, you just don't want to see anybody get hurt? What's your mindset? What do you want to see for this one? Well, I haven't watched the USF game, so I can't really tell you what tell you tell you, but I will say this. According to what I've seen from a lot of folks, the USF is very beautiful, but also I also don't want if our players get hurt. If we can do like both keep our players healthy and and go into the mindset win this game, then we'll be good to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Uh, hey Ashton, look like you got blocked by some GSU people, man. Uh, man talk, 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 talk about the uh, sensitivities. <laughs> I just don't see. I just don't see how you how you how you can get mad when you came at us with a fifty nine to three joke all year, all the way up to this game, all summer long, 
And now that we turn the tables on you, now you want to get in your feelings. I'm like, you either can dish it or you can't. It is what it is. <laughs> I've, I, hey, we, we've had I've had many of people from <laughs> other SWAC schools tell us that, uh, yeah, now you guys are understanding how sensitive Jackson State, how sensitive and delusional Jackson State fans are. They say you, you're fine. And, you I got, and I and I and I got nothing against Jackson State. I love the school. I love their band. I lo- I love all HBCU, man. But come on, now you can do better than that. It's all. It's just a football game. No need to get. It's nothing. It's nothing real personal right. about a football game. You win some, you lose some. It yeah, was just y'all had y'all. It was just y'all had y'all fun over the over the last two years. Well, over the last four meetings to be exact. But now. But now it's just somebody else's turn. True that. Mm-hmm. True indeed. True indeed. Uh, all right. When's the uh, when's the next when's the next uh, game you're gonna be at? When's the next uh, family game you're gonna be at? Home road. Uh, I'm still deba- I'm still debating on the UWF game. I don't know for sure, but I'm I don't know for sure about that game. But I'm definitely gonna be at that Alabama State game. Okay. okay. Kevin will see me there. Yes, sir. <laughs> But uh, in, in the O. But I want to ask before I go. I want to ask a quick question, right quick. For sure, mm-hmm. go ahead. You got it. Okay, after that Alabama State game, we got three road games back to back, and three road games back to back. And I'm like, I don't know how that's gonna go. But do you think traveling three road games back to back? Now the good news is we'll get a bye week before that before that Texas Southern game, but do you think going three games back-to-back could affect them at least a little mentally or something like that? No. Like this, uh, I go back to what I, I've been, I'm going to hop on this all season. We have 42 seniors, red shirt seniors, grad students. They played a lot of football, so nothing should be okay. able to phase them. They're used to playing in front of big crowds, and no crowds, right? So I don't right. expect any difference on the road or at home. Okay. In terms of our play, I'm just I'm just making sure because you know three games, three games trying to win three games on the road back to back. That's that's never easy. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I I, I won't. I'll say I'll say this that by the time we get to that last one which would be the texas southern one um for i'll tell you what's a benefit is fortunately there's a buy between the southern and texas southern game so i think regardless of what happens at southern we have a chance to reset ourselves and really treat the second half of the season coming out of that contest you know so whatever happens the bye week creates an opportunity to have a second, you know, a sort of a, a half, a half time, a half season, and you get to go into the second half. So, if the worst were to happen at Southern, you know, for somehow some crazy reason, you got a chance to reset and refocus everybody. If you we, when we beat Southern, you still get a chance to kind of remind everybody, hey, don't take this Texas Southern team lightly, you know, because. We've seen what that team could do. I don't know if you got a chance to see any of them against Prairie View, but that's a team who they can score some points. But if it gets away, if they get loose and careless, they'll give you a lot of points too. So 
we, you know, I, I think it's a good spot. Yes, they they will do that. They will do that if you if you let them. So, yeah. All right. So, hey, great question, Ashton, man. Thank you for watching and thank you for your support, man. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, long live Kofi, man. We miss him. Amen. Yes, Amen. sir. Yes, sir. Appreciate, appreciate you, Ashton. All right, Ashton, man. We'll see you in a week or two. Yeah, and that and uh, man, I I tweeted that out the other day, man. It, it I think Tuesday morning is when it hit me, and I I'm 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 not ashamed to say I I I shed a tear or two as I was kind of typing a tweet, and it kind of just hit me that yeah, we we didn't have that opportunity to have his voice yeah. in this celebration. You know what I'm saying? Yes, oh, sir. He he would enjoy God. that one. Oh yeah. my God! Would it, I mean? <laughs> I don't know what kind of numbers. Look, that, well, I don't know what kind of numbers he would have done if, if we were fortunate enough. Because you know, Kofi be everywhere after the game, so I don't know if we would have had him on the post game show. He might have been. <laughs> you know, I'm just gonna be honest. <laughs> but I know if he got on the show with Scotty on that Monday, that show the ratings on that one might have broke the internet. I, I'm just <laughs> it might have broke the internet on that Monday. So I, I just, you know. It, it just that it was a is a tough one, but uh, you know there'll be there'll be more wins and and we'll we'll put hashtag LL Kofi on those uh on those tweets. Uh, anybody else out there? If you want to jump in with us, you don't have to be on the camera. You can be just voice and share us your thoughts. I put the uh, latest link. All you got to do is just scroll up a little bit in the chat. You can jump in, join us on Streamyard. Let us know uh, your thoughts and reactions from the past weekend. Um, let's quickly maybe go around the horn about just some things. Well, hold on. Got another caller wants to jump in. So we'll go, we'll go right over to our good friend, Montre, Montre Bennett. Montre, you there? What's happening? What's happening? Hey, doing all right, man. Doing all right. What's uh, going on, Montre? Join us. Make sure to turn down your any background audio you got. Turn that down for us if you would. But uh, yeah, you, you should be good. So what's on your mind, Montre? Talk to us. I just feel like the spirit of Kofi Spirit was all up in that stadium the other day. I see uh, Kofi's shirt three times. Myself, <laughs> you, Brian, and another person. And I no, yeah, and another person. And I'm like, yep, yeah, we bought the spirit of Kofi in here. And fan did what they had to do. Yeah, indeed. Yes, indeed. You know, we were sitting there, Kelvin, what was it we were talking about? Trying to, we never talked, well, we talked about this. We never really figured out a day to, to kind of put a plea out to everybody. So, you know, I don't know if it's the, the blackout game at the end of the year, uh, the last home game, or, or, you know, obviously you don't, you know, if we do it too early, it might, it might be kind of hot, but I don't know. We, we need homecoming. to. Homecoming. Homecoming. That was another game I was thinking about as well. Uh, I, I'll be up there for that. I like. I want to see the the marching storm. See what they got going on. Yeah, yeah. That that'll be uh that'll be that'll be good. Um, what's uh what's your, you got a you got a takeaway or two? What are your biggest takeaways from the game that you saw? I'm glad we run the ball more, and I think if we stick to the run game, we'll be very dominant in the swag. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Musa just need to have a little bit more patience. I think he can do the job, a little bit more patience. It's the first game I give him some grace. Um, and yeah, are we playing Miami next year? Yes. 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 
third. And, and I think that's one reason why we don't do the OVC next year because we already playing Miami Hurricanes. Mm-hmm. Back, it would have been back to back. Right. Yeah, I'm hey, get the money. I'm, I'm about that money, man. Uh, look, me, me, me too. But look, I, I get it. Like the first, the first time people mentioned that we weren't playing, that's the thought that I told people. It was like, I bet you anything, somebody is saying well, we're already going to be in Miami, and then that's like consecutive possible weeks where we got to be down there. Um, is it a really good is it a smart move for us you know i I bet those were some of the conversations that were had but i'm with kelvin i'm with kelvin you know show me the money look hey hey think about this matre and and anyone who asked if anybody hasn't heard mississippi valley state went to chicago to play in the chicago football classic right and if their head coach on the Tuesday press press conference, SWAC press conference, when asked, made a point to say it was one of the worst experiences that he's that his program that he's ever been a part of, and he was and he was ashamed. He was apologetic to to almost to his players to say, guys, I'm sorry that you had the experiences. He he was like, never again on my watch. I mean, so everybody's student athlete experience at these classics is not first class and so the the you know the obc puts a first class show on you i heard it from players from jackson state and famu so when we talk about student athlete experiences obc is one of the top ones it's moved up there into into the upper echelon that's why you got teams wanting to be a part of it so um i agree the only thing I don't like, I hyped myself up to go to the parade this year and not one band was in there except Miami Central High School. Not not Jack so Jackson State's band wasn't in the wasn't in there either? Jackson State or the Hunter was in this parade. Wow. That's I got a, up early to go down to Miami from Palm Beach County. Man, that's uh that there, there's a disconnect somewhere. I don't know. How that happens? Um, they, the they, they didn't the leave their uh, they didn't they didn't leave their tubes on the plane, did they? I'm so, okay. I'm gonna stop. Look, they, was on the bus. <laughs> they, was, they was on a bus going somewhere when the parade was starting. Yeah. What what yeah. day was the parade? The parade was what day? Saturday. So see, it wasn't even on game day. The the battle the battle of the bands was was what Friday night or Saturday night? Saturday night. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, how, how how well attended was that? The battle of the bands looked well attended, but the parade was there wasn't nobody there either. The residents around the parade route ain't know nothing about the parade. Oh wow! Mm. Okay, that's, that's part of that disconnect. I told you about the locals not showing up. That's part of that disconnect, then. Um. So, Montre, you got any thoughts about the South Florida game? Uh, I think we can beat them. I keep telling myself this. Just have faith. <laughs> run it up. Run it up. Coach Willie Simmons just run the ball up on them. We got too many bats back there. Use them. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> well said. Well said. Appreciate All right. Um. Uh, 
Appreciate you, Montre. Thanks for checking in. Hey, it was good seeing you. Thanks by coming by the uh, the pregame um, broadcast too. For sure, anytime. All right. <clears throat> um, what is uh? So, uh, yeah, just want to let people know. Anybody, uh, if you if you scroll up a little bit in the uh, in the uh, in the chats there on uh, Facebook and YouTube, you can be a part. Uh, join the show. We want to hear from Rattler Nation. Let us know. Your thoughts uh, from the game this past weekend, um, you know, interesting to kind of hear some of the thoughts um, going back to around the uh, SWAC and around the uh, HBCU diaspora. Uh, I- any games or upsets that kind of caught your attention that, uh, you know, I don't know, somehow might have an effect on FAMU in the rankings, in the polls? Things mm-hmm. like that. I know um, uh, the Rangers. Morgan State. A lot of balls yep. coming. You got you got to start with Morgan State. They beat a ranked Richmond team. From uh, the CAA. 17, yeah, 17-10 or 18-10, whatever it was. But to hold that team to 10 points At on home. the road, um, Coach, Coach Wilson, man, we, we know he was going to get that program going. But, man, that, that is impressive, man. And you tie that into everything else that going on with Morgan State. Their president, David Wilson, who applied for the family job many moons ago. Mm. Uh, mm. He's, you know, they got the med school coming, man. They building up all over the place, buildings everywhere. They getting some pretty big uh, donations from mm. people. Man, Morgan State is trending up like a mug. I'm impressed. Yeah. yeah, they're doing a a great job from the athletic standpoint for the football. And I agree with you. And I see some people have Morgan State, I guess, on their weekly power rankings as number one, or at least in the top three, where I don't know if they're ranked. Previously. Number one? Where did you see them number one at? Really? Morgan State number one? Not not like a not a poll, like a power ranking from the HBCUs, like a, a different ones that we'll see on Twitter. Hmm. So I mean, if you look at it in terms of the opponent ranking that they played against, you know, Jackson State wasn't ranked for us. We were the ranked team. They may have been in the other getting votes. Howard played tough against Eastern Michigan. Didn't pull it out, but a couple early special teams teams uh, touchdowns by Eastern Michigan probably put them, but they were close. They were within, I want to say, within a touchdown until a late score. They yeah, covered. yeah, the fourth quarter. So, it, was, it was 30 to 20, 23 or something, yeah. Mm-hmm. They until a late, a late, was it a late field goal? Because it was only 33-23. So, right. I mean, they played, Eastern Michigan was had a game in their hands. Because at first when I saw it and I saw the two, I saw the score, I was like, oh, this isn't going to be good at all. So I flipped with something else and then came back and it was 30-23. to 23. And I think I came right in at the point where um, Eden James had gotten hurt. He was, they were showing him walking to the locker room. And it seemed like, because I, I kind of missed that middle part, it seemed like that kind of took the starch out of them. But they were talking about they were having a good running game, and he was going off between him and that. Uh, well, that, they uh, had like they had like three right. running backs who mm-hmm. they were similar to us. They ran the ball very well, and the only reason they got behind in the first place was uh, the special teams. They gave up like a, a kickoff for a touchdown, I think a punt for a touchdown. Yeah, I mm-hmm. know it was two two uh, special teams touchdown. That's how they jumped out. Uh, otherwise, they defense played well against um, Eastern Michigan. So uh, mm-hmm. they were impressive. And I'm going to give you one more that was really impressive for me that I watched. And that was um, 
Arkansas Pine Bluff. I, I watched their game, man, and um, they You're they the- had like three three turnovers in like the first quarter. I, I mean, go they created three turnovers like in the first quarter. They they lost and they scored a touchdown. They they actually you know they were in that game early. You know, they lost forty nine to seven. Yeah, but but uh, you know, with about five minutes left in the second quarter, like I said, I watched it. The okay. score was like. 17-7 maybe. Um, so I and like I say, they just they turned the one time they got a turnover, they scored the first time they got a turnover, the second time they got a turnover, they turned the ball right back over. And um of course the other team got some home cooking, and then they got a, they then got another turnover. As a matter of fact, if I remember correctly, I think they put the uh, the other team quarterback out. Hmm. Uh but but Pine Bluff, they quarterback. They got a six three quarterback who's pretty mobile. He was like the number nineteen player coming out of uh I can't remember if he was out of Kentucky or Arkansas or wherever he was from, but but um he can play. He's a real real through a threat, long, pretty, pretty accurate. I'm telling you, I like I like what I saw the Pine Bluff. Don't sleep on him. Mm-hmm. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Um, I, I you know, I was like, yes, yeah. I got to go back and watch. I like them. I like them better than Alabama State right now. Uh, mm. Wow. Okay. Mm. That, that Alabama State defense not impressing you, huh? I mean, they had a, they had a good defense last year and the year before. Yeah. I mean, well, hey, kept them. If the offense ever gets around to it, that that might be a dangerous. I mean, if 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 we're fifth, I mean, you know, I mean, get it, you know. Uh, okay, real quick, I got. I see we got one other caller in there, so uh, EA, hang in there tight. Let's take a short break. Come back on the other side. Uh, I did want to make mention of some of the latest poll rankings because FAMU has moved up in quite a quite a few rankings. So uh, let's uh, let's yeah. do that. Let's take a, a, a quick two-minute break, come back, and uh, and catch up with some other callers. Uh, anybody out there, if you want to join the show, uh, put the uh, StreamYard link in there. You can join us. You obviously don't have to be on camera, but we'd love to hear your voice and uh, share your thoughts for a couple of minutes on what you've seen and go from there. So you're watching the ONG Strike Zone right here on the Black College Sports Network. We'll be back in just a moment. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is always Ultra Thin's reinvented with the always triple protection system. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvée. 
As technology continues to bring changes to the world of education, it's time we also reimagine teacher professional development. Gone are the days of one-size-fits-all learning that can only be accessed at a specific time and place. The Stride PD Center is an on-demand library of mobile-friendly courses that allow educators to learn anytime and anywhere. Our dynamic courses provide bite-sized learning and help educators advance their knowledge while also gaining professional development hours. The best professional development plans are those that include a level of flexibility and choice for educators. Whether you're a teacher, school, or district, visit us today to take charge of your learning. Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Marcus, Kelvin coming in and uh, want to want to want to let everybody know if you got an opportunity and you want to come join us for a couple of minutes. Uh, I put the stream yard link to the show in the chats. All you got to do is scroll up a little bit. I might put it back in there again. We've already had a couple of folks come on and we've got another. Uh, friend of the show coming on in just a in just a second. Um, actually, I'll bring I'll bring EA in because I, I want to load in a couple of uh, a couple of images here um, that uh, that I know we wanted to show. So let's see let's see if EA is there. EA, you there? Yes, I'm here. How you doing, brother? How you doing tonight? Thanks for joining us. All right, thanks for having me, man. Uh, I want to just give a little take on both uh, the uh, JSU game and the upcoming USF game. I thought that the uh, <clears throat> the uh, I've been saying for all along the guard center guard combination that we had to have uh, that particular uh, combination be dominant, and, and they did a good job. They neutralized their defensive tackles. We were able to run the football, and that's going to have to be very uh, important for us going forward. I think that was a weakness for us last year. And that uh, he did, they did an excellent job of, of, of running the football, also stopping any type of blitzes up the middle. Uh, they, they, they gave Musa time to, uh, to get rid of the ball. Uh, I thought we ran the ball effectively with the backs. Uh, they finished off runs, which was very important. Um, and then also the receivers uh, did a good job of getting open. Now, Musa did miss some throws, but hopefully settle down and this will be the second game he'll do well. Special teams, I have been harping on that for last two months about how uh, Coach Simmons has made that a very, very important aspect of uh, of the team, of the three phases. And he we definitely capitalized on that, except for the field goal protection. So I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to uh, correct that. Uh, one of the things that, that I was a little skeptical of was um, the defensive game plan. And I thought that uh, Coach Smith did a good job of making sure that uh, he mixed it up. It wasn't a, just a basic coverage. And one of the things I was really watching for was our nickel. Uh, he's a key a lot of times to what can be disguised, how he plays, because really he has to be the best athlete on the field. Uh, he has to be part linebacker, part corner, uh, all he can blitz him, all those kind of different things. So I thought he played played pretty good. So what we'll see coming up with USF, uh, one of the things that's going to be important is that they will bring tempo. Uh, it was amazing to hear they got off almost 90 plays in a game. So that's going to be huge 
for us to be able to, I know uh, Coach Smith is trying to play a lot of guys on defense, but when you're trying to run 90 plays, we better be in shape, able to get off the field, because if not, it's going to be a long, long day. And then if they are, I, I think the thing that was a little concerning, I think we gave up a 17-play drive in the third quarter. And I'm pretty sure other teams are going to look at that to kind of go, okay, what did they do? Short passes, dinks, get five yards here, four yards here to put us in, you know, third and one. Right, quarterback. So all of that is going to be important for us to go on forward. And I'm pretty sure other teams are going to use that against us to see if we can keep us on the field long. So other than that, man, I hope uh, all of Central Florida, please come out. Please come. I mean, tickets are $11. I mean, we're 1-0. This is a game that we, of all the years I've been watching, we got a good chance. I hope we really come out from Polk County, Hillsboro, Sarasota. This this got to be the second largest alumni area in in the state. So we, we got to get out and support this team. So hopefully we'll come out and, and, and show support. So again, thanks for taking my call, guys. Well, well yeah. said, man. Well said. Mm-hmm. Well said. Appreciate you, EA. Um, I'll, I'll touch on a couple of things that uh, that he mentioned um, as it relates to uh, USF and their uh, their their head coach Alex Galesh. Uh, he's a first year, first time, first year head coach. Um, that ninety five plays they run, and I, I had a chance. I was trying to. I mean, look, I wish I had time to just be able to chop up stuff all day and night. But I, I had asked Coach on his Monday presser about this. Western, I mean, South Florida ran 95 plays against Western Kentucky. They lost 41 to 24. So I, I just want you to see in. And the time of possession was practically the same. I mean, so both teams were going at a ridiculous pace. And I think, you know, the time possession may have been 32 to 32 to 20. Seven, do, do the math on. I, however, that equals sixty. Yeah, you know, maybe mm-hmm. thirty-two twenty-eight, something like that. But if you, if somebody pulls that up, you can look at how many plays Western Kentucky ran. But South Florida ran ninety-five plays. So I asked Coach Simmons, and, and of course, taking into consideration that the clock has changed now, mm-hmm. now you don't have that stopping the clock anymore after first downs like it used to have. So theoretically, you think. The game moves faster for TV. I don't know if it did or not. I don't know if these guys feel like the game went faster or slower. I haven't really been able to tell. But um, I will say running 95 plays is ridiculous. And 60, 61 of them were run plays. Correct. That's the other thing that – so yep. they coach, coaches like their goal is to run a play every 18 seconds. So when you're running the ball and whatever happens, you're down, you get back up, you go right back to the line of scrimmage. Uh, so coach, coach was aware of it. He, he, he Obviously he's aware of it. But uh, what he did say is that goalish comes from uh, the last two seasons. He was at Tennessee with uh, Josh, Josh Heupel. Heupel. And he was at UCF previously with Josh Heupel. So, he comes from out of that fast tempo pace. He was the offensive coordinator and the tight ends coach at UCF and Tennessee the last three years. That's where he's been. So he he we faced uh, what was it when we faced UCF? Uh, that was 
2019? 19. 19. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're familiar with the tempo that UCF coach said he was, he's familiar with it. Now I don't, we don't have, and we got a few players left over from them, but, but, but I don't, I don't, not even Jackson state who averaged something like 75 plays a game. They didn't even run at the pace of tempo that USF ran. So coach simply said, guys are going to have to be disciplined. Um, they're going to have to be ready. I don't know. He didn't. He didn't seem to think that they. I don't know how you sim. You don't really simulate ninety-five plays, but you, you can do your best. But the guys are just gonna have to be ready and and conditioned for, for what's coming. Well, not not only that, Brian. Um, luckily, I think the way our team is built, uh, we match up well with that. But the run ninety-five plays tells me that not only do they run tempo, but they don't substitute much. Because if they bring somebody off the sidelines, then they have to let the defense uh, substitute also. So right. in, if they ran nine and five plays and they still lost by double digits, that tells me, and they were running the ball, which means that the clock should have been, like you say, with the clock changes and everything, the clock should have been running. That means that they're they doing it with their personnel on the field. Now, they the quarterback had pretty good success running the ball as well as they transfer a running back. Now, what what I would say is, I believe two things, three things, the three keys to 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 that for us will be one, um, get off to a good start. Meaning, when, if we get in the red zone, we need to score touchdowns, mm-hmm. not field goals, or, or, or go for it and don't get it on fourth down. We've got to complete touchdowns. We got to got to run the ball so that we keep their offensive opportunities to a minimum. And then on the defensive side of the ball, we have to make the quarterback beat us passing. I am just speculating because I haven't watched the film, but with a redshirt freshman quarterback who's a probably a little bit more of an athlete, more developed as an athlete than he is a passer right now, is the reason why they run in tempo, but they run in the ball uh, two-thirds of the time. So – if we focus in on stopping the run and taking away his first read in the past, what I would do, I know they got a speed receiver on the end, and he caught at least one long touchdown against Western Kentucky early in the first quarter. But uh, I would I would probably double him, have somebody up top to watch him, because it's hard to run the run of man coverage when you have a, a mobile quarterback like that. You don't want your your back to because uh he can go for some long plays that way um so i, I would probably double that 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 speed receiver and and focus in on the run and see if he can make this that second read is he patient is he accurate so those are some of the keys but also remember even though when that's fast jackson state ran pace and resubstituted a locked uh a whole a whole defensive front <laughs> we would um, substitute in and out. And, and for the most part, we were pretty flawless in, in that pattern. So hopefully we're, we're prepared for it. And um, and I do think we, 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 we match up well for it, but we'll see. Um, Byram Brown is the uh, young man, the quarterback for uh, USF. 
uh, a class of 2022 prospect, mm-hmm. 6'3", 192. Um, he had several offers. We actually offered him uh, back on uh, in 2021, along with uh, some other HBCUs like A&T, North Carolina Central, Hampton. Um, he got an offer from USF in June of a, a month after FAMU offered him. So he was somebody who was on FAMU's radar. He ended up signing with USF in December of 2021. So he he forgo his uh, spring semester at uh, he, he may not have. I mean, that was the early signing period. So I don't know. We don't know if he finished. Well, I, the reason, no, I, I'm looking. It says enrollment. July. Oh, yeah. Well, well no, it says okay. July no, no, no. Oh, you're, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. He signed December 15th. Yeah. The, his enrollment was July of 2022. So you're right. My apologies. Yeah. So he signed uh, and, and he was part of, uh, I guess he, he chose to stay, you know, instead of leaving when they changed coaches, because he actually came with the previous coach. Uh, uh, I believe, who, what was that? That was uh, Sim, Coach Simmons' former teammate. Right. What, what was his right. name? Um, what, whatever. I can't remember his name. We played against them. But anyway, he chose to stay. And, and I, yeah, and I think part of the reason why he chose to stay is because, look, he got recruited by UCF. So the, the, this coach, Galesh, and, and some of these coaches were coming who had previously recruited him when they were at UCF. You know, they were like, hey, look, we, we wanted you at UCF to run the kind of offense that we want to run. So, hey, you know, he said, all right, I'll stick around. And so you saw what he did. Um Last week, uh, for anybody who Marcus, were you did you pull up the numbers on that game from last week? Do you have that ready? I, I saw you you working. Um, did you pull it up? Uh, of, yes. What were his numbers yes. uh, uh, against Western Kentucky? He had net 160 yards rushing on 25 attempts and passing. He was 15 out of 34 with two interceptions for 166 yards. But he he ran two rushed for two touchdowns and passed for another. Yes. Yeah. And uh South Florida got outscored 24 to 7 in the second half. But uh mm-hmm. it, it was a tie ball game at halftime. Um, and I think if I recall, because I was paying attention to this game, South Florida scored first and didn't mm-hmm. score again. Didn't score again after that. Interesting. Now, yeah. the other thing is, and I'm going to check Western Kentucky. I know they had – I don't know if he stayed there or didn't, but the quarterback who transferred from West Florida and took him to their, their national title a few years ago, I think he transferred to Western Kentucky last year, and he was going off. And I think he stayed. And I'm going to check that. So I'm saying that to say when you look at the numbers compared – because they only had one game of stats against Western Kentucky and then uh, USF, you know, it was heavily on the pass for Western Kentucky, almost 400 yards and versus and almost the opposite. So it was a contrast of styles. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine, um, Brian, again, hadn't seen the film, but nine to five plays and you don't score in the second half. My thoughts are that Western Kentucky coaches made some good adjustments at halftime, mm-hmm. along with uh, South Florida probably ran out of a little steam. 
They probably ran out of little gas. First game of the year, getting off 95 plays. <laughs> That'll get you tired. Yeah. Just a little bit. So, yeah, Just- Austin Reed. Um, gosh, I was trying to find the stats. but Well, I mean, I got it from USF's website, but I think he was the starting quarterback, and he was like all world, and they were wondering if he was going to come out or transfer last year. Individual, so yeah, rushing, passing. Hey, hey I can see Kobe saying right yep. now, run the ball, coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. what Saturday night got to be. Yeah, we got to keep the offense off the field. Agree, and even though it's a different coaching regime, last time we played USF two years ago when we ran the ball lost, well, we ran the ball well. We we were down what twenty four zero before we started really getting a consistent offense and we lost 38 17 i believe but mm-hmm. i think Jarrell jennings had a 100 yard game he did and so and, it's uh, a matter of whether we're going to adhere to that early kind of like the game plan for jackson state and actually that's another question i had just to bounce it off you guys there's like a combo question before the usf game will we see maybe this season but especially this game a return to what we may have seen in 2021 we had Rashawn McKay, not in terms of the passing numbers, but in terms of the emphasis on the run. Will it be consistent? And I guess the other thing is how much will we really show in this game? Because it's non-conference against an FBS opponent, and in actuality, it is winnable, but it's not necessarily critical to our long-term season goals of getting to the Celebration Bowl. So do you think we'll be, you know, just bouncing off of you guys, do you think we'll be more balanced like we were in 2021 and have a prolific running game that's consistently showcased in each and every game? And to what degree on offense or defense are we going to play our hand knowing we still have the whole rest of the season and seven, at least seven other SWAT contests and putting, being cautious to put things on film? I think Cardell, yeah, I think Cardell Thomas and Ashton Grable at the two guard positions, those transfers we've got in, 6'3", 300-pounders, I think they give us that oomph up front to go along with, uh, you know, our tackles are longer and a little bit lighter, but but those two in the middle, along with T.J. Lee, who's another 300-pounder, I think that gives us some some real some real um mound movers, right? People movers. And then you add to that two backs over the 225 pounds. Uh I absolutely believe that we will see, and coach talked about it. Coach Henry talked about it. And let me just say right now, we everybody talking about, you know, you know, uh, the return game and the running game. The heroes from the game Saturday is the offensive line and the defensive line. True that. Yes, they indeed. both dumped, They both straight dominated, dominated Jackson State. Yes, they did. Yes, they were the most impressive units, both sides, uh, all game long, consistently. Well mm-hmm. So, so I got to give uh, those coaches their, their 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 flowers and those players their flowers also. But I absolutely believe. And if you look at the limitations or or just the 
the lack of consistency in terms of completion percentages, even though we got a lot of playmakers, uh, and how well the having that running game opened up the pass game, I absolutely believe that um, we're going to, number one, stick to it. Number two, I think we're going to have much greater success down the road, too, because uh, I do think Jackson State is a talented team. And I do think we got teams on our schedule who aren't as talented as Jackson State, and we'll continue to get better. And they don't have a so so I feel, I I still feel like some bigger blowouts are coming to be honest. But um yes, I, I do think we'll we'll stay committed to the run. And the only question I have with the run game is will we see the lightning side up? I know we're gonna have the thunder. With with and, and, and I, I I fully expect Kelvin Dean and Will Hoyt in his limited carries to uh be that lightning and I, I believe you'll see them shine in the second half when we don't woe down because you know our rotation this game was a different running back every series now i don't know if they're going to continue to stick with that uh moving forward i think it was just trying to give everybody an opportunity you know get work and kind of see mm-hmm. what they would do in, in in the live shot, but but I'm interested to see how 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 if they're going to stick with a hot guy or if they're going to stick with rotation or what have you. But yes, we 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 are built. This team is built to run. We have to do it. That's our strength on offense. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with many of the points Kelvin said, and 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 if you go listen to the 220 Club today Wednesday with Coach Simmons, uh, he spoke about the difference that Thomas and Grable give us. I mean, those two play with a meanness and an attitude that that's, you know, that is like, not saying we haven't had that, but it's evident as to why they were rated the way they were. And then, uh, uh, so, so that brings an attitude. That's an attitude that our offensive line has. And so I, I think it'll be interesting to see. I, I think uh, Coach was saying that some of the officials were telling them, hey, Coach, they're pushing it. I almost threw the flag on a few people. In that Western Kentucky-USF game, there were a total of 20 penalties. Uh, hmm. USF had 11. Western Kentucky had nine. Watch for how it is officiated up front. Yeah, Will the officials allow – our offensive line to be as physical as possibly USF's offensive line will try to be with us. I, I, I think that'll be interesting to see. Now, if they're throwing it both on both sides, I'm okay with that. But, you know, be upset, be worried if you start to see our offensive line, especially early on, get called for for some stuff early on in the ball game. You know, uh, you know, I don't know what the home cooking is going to be like at Raymond James. You know, they might bring in. Yeah, we do. They might bring you know, in. You got to take on. You got to take on on the rest as I, I, well I'm as the team. Saying, you know, they're going to yeah. come in with a nice pregame meal for the officials and some, <laughs> and, and some good and some good drink and air conditioning. So I, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to sway things. You know, so we'll see. We'll see how that affects us up front. But but I will say, um, uh, the the running game. Is a is a three headed monster. Coach said that Terrell, Terrell Jennings 
was running like he was upset that he was the third guy. And yes, he should be upset. And he should he's, be. He's 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 on the verge of being. And again, his seventy what was it seventy nine yards? His his career average is thirty four a game, and he's thirtieth all. He's in the top thirty. I think he might have moved up a spot or two. He's he's going to be a top twenty career rusher at FAMU when it's all said and done. If he stays healthy like he has every year he's played. He will be in the top 20, especially if he's breaking off 70, 80 yards. And he was the third guy, the number two guy. Uh, Yant had 70-something yards. I mean, Dean had a bad day, but, I mean, you know, watch out for him. And I, So I don't know why, why you change up from it, honestly, guys. I, I think you keep – I know you, the whole hot hand thing, but I think what it allows you to do is – you got guys who can be three down backs. You got three guys who can be three down backs, which I think is pretty rare. That's pretty nice. And it gives you opportunities to do a lot of things uh, with, with your play calling and run your tempo and things of that nature. So I, I don't, I, I hope we go to play to win. You know, I don't know about, I don't know if holding anything in the cupboard because you don't want a slack team. I think everybody is trying to do what they need to do to win ball games. And that's what I hope we're doing. So if it's a tie ball game and coach got a chance to, to run a formation or play that he's like, let me see how this works. Go ahead and try it. Try it against USF, you know, and then later on five, six weeks down the road, if somebody was, was smart enough to scout every, every play, that we ran against USF back in September and they figure it out. Well, God bless them, you know, but I, but I think right now coach goes ahead and, and, and plays and coaches to win. And then we'll kind of see what happens through the course of the ball game, you know? Hmm. So, okay. Um, let's, let's do, let's, let's kind of show, I know we had a few things. I got to make mention of a couple things here while we have some time. Um, I know we got some things we wanted to show. First off, as we preview what's happening, uh, as there we preview, go. yeah, as we preview what's happening in South Florida, we will be in South Florida. We will be, we will be uh, with the uh, the uh, the Rattler Strike Zone tailgate group uh, that will be. Uh, right outside of the uh, Yankees training complex. It's associated with the uh, Tampa chapter of the National Alumni Association. So if you're interested, can one of you guys pull up the – well, I know on the flyer here, if you can see the flyer there with with special guest, uh, A.D. Sykes. Hmm. Um, Yeah, exactly. She'll she'll be (laughs) – yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. We'll we'll see. We'll see her. Well, we'll see her there. Uh, while we, we, will, we we will be we will be doing a pregame show live from the tailgate. Uh, thank to thanks in, in in large part uh, to to a friend of the show, Rick Kinsey, who uh, is going to let us let us use some power off the big truck to help us get going. So, uh, and we appreciate him, James Green, for Super Rattler, Rick, well. Rick Super Rattler. Exactly, exactly. And you and you can see how they roll. They that 
they roll with the big with the big RVs. That's the big dogs right there. When they come every game, every game. So uh, I'm told they got a nice little formation and everything that they're gonna try to set up. Uh, Mr. Kenzie said he's telling people y'all make sure you are ready and on time so that when they open up this lot that we are uh, put it like this. They're they're the they're they're the folks from USF will actually probably be using them as the test as the test, uh, the test RVs for the next week when Alabama yeah. RVs come rolling in. So anything that uh, they need, <laughs> they'll, they'll figure it out uh, with, with our folks and then they'll have it in place for Alabama because Alabama folks will be rolling in as soon as our truck, as soon as our RVs roll out of the lot, the Alabama trucks will start rolling in. I'm sure somewhere about midweek. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but no, we're look we're looking forward to it, man. Uh, you know, I'm 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 super excited to get over to Tampa and be a part of this and be able to do our show. Uh, we're gonna try to make a few technical adjustments. Uh, I think that I went back and listened to the audio. It was okay. It could be a little better, you know. I, I'm so I'm gonna try to work on some technical things so that way, uh, you know, we get a good. Uh, get a good sound and quality. So you guys need to make sure you are uh, a part of the, uh, that you have the likes, uh, that you have the bell turned on to get notifications. If you're on Facebook, make sure you're part of our Facebook page. So that way you can get notifications as well. So that way when we get ready to go live, and I'm not going to give you the exact time because I don't know if we're going to go live at exactly three or maybe it might be 3.30 but sometime between three and four, we're going to look to try to go live. And then so you you want to if you're not going to be in Tampa, be in place. But, hey, if you're in Tampa, this is the tailgate you need to come over to. Come over. Go ahead. And I think you can still uh, order some plates with the uh, with the uh, Tampa Alumni Association. Yeah, it's a fundraiser for, for, for the athletic department. So, yeah. Yeah. And more importantly, right here. The, the, Come be a part of the strike tour. Minimum donation two fifty, hosted by Tampa, Pasco, St. Pete, Sarasota, Plant City, and Clearwater Rattlers. So that's going to be the uh, Rattler RV strike zone. Will be in parking lot eight P. So there you see that. that you see the Yankees training complex. Uh, I think that is just south of the uh, Raymond James Stadium. So should be good. Should be a good time. And and uh, they were th- this group was also featured. If you if you follow Allison Posey, uh, they they were featured yeah. by Allison. OBC. Yeah, just as they were heading to the OBC. So th- th- if you saw that piece by Allison, if not, I, I I'd recommend you go to Allison. We we retweeted it. So if you're on our if our page, you've probably seen it. But um, you know. Man, we're looking forward to it. Should be awesome. Should be awesome. Okay, got a few other items I know you wanted to show showcase here. We're going to kind of move away from just strictly talking football, but we got some some new, the latest and greatest things that we've seen. What do we got here, fellas? What do we got? Uh Uh-oh. That's that's Lawson Center, man. That's the new school board. Got it plugged in. Yeah. up in the air and plugged in. Mm-hmm. Mm, that looks nice. Yeah, I, I like the the ribbon at the bottom there, so they can run the scrolls down there. 
Um, I, I I can't wait to see a full video picture in picture uh, um, when we have an athletic event. But uh, as a matter of fact, just thought about it. Uh, I know we're going to get to it, but volleyball plays at home mm-hmm. uh, this week. So yeah, tomorrow, we got starting tomorrow, I think. And we got a big, um, big time team coming in too. Yeah, I think. Um, mm-hmm, I think they're ranked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, yeah. so the scoreboard. I think what the opportunities are. Not only do you have your live video or replays, but also you have the opportunity of running stats. So as as uh, we're running live stats from games, that information should be able to be fed to the scoreboard. I mean, this is this is. I don't want to say it's shy of what you might see at a professional arena, but this is this is professional level stuff here, mm-hmm. and and so we 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 we're we're taking it up a notch. So this is big time. Let's hope we we utilize it to its full capabilities. Mm-hmm. And actually, Georgia Tech is ranked number eleven. Now I don't know where they finished last year, but I was reading something either Sunday or Monday, where they knocked off another ranked team, volleyball team, I think one or two, as part of their opening opening um, series of games. So they're 4-0, ranked number 11 in the AVCA, American Volleyball Coaches Association, poll this week. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, I think they won the ACC last year. Ah, okay. Yeah, and I'm going to – Montre, I'm going to correct you on something. They They are playing these matches – in in uh in the Al Lawson Center, they they're not playing them in Gaither. Uh, it, it'd be nice if they were, but from the uh, just recently released article, this game will be played at Gaither. Uh, I'm sorry, at Lawson. Al Lawson Center. Yeah. Um. So, we'll we'll let me let me let's finish let's finish going. We'll we'll let's do a proper a proper setup for the volleyball thing here in a second, but let's continue to kind of show some of these images that we've captured, such as this one right here. Well, look at that. What movie is that? Anybody know offhand? Quick, quick, quick. Anybody? Anybody? It's Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. Ah, but which the first one? one. It's the first one. Is it the first one? Because mm-hmm. he had to put the sand on the head and then it dropped. That's ah, like the beginning okay. of it. Oh, look at you. All right. All right. I thought it might be I- the new one. I believe the high school has a game this week, a home game. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure if they playing their home games at Bragg or they playing it somewhere else. But uh, I do know that the, 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 the high school plays actually a friend of the show. They play Leon. Mm-hmm. Now you have plays Leon this weekend. Uh, okay. And, um, and uh, so, so I, right. I don't know if they'll be in, in the stadium or not. But uh, that's the that's the scoreboard with a uh, uh, speaker system. There's some more speakers behind the screen, and there's a there's another piece that's not in place yet. So on the scoreboard the or or in the stadium? Yeah, on on the scoreboard itself. Uh, would it happen to be right below the video monitor? Some I'm not sure. In. I'm not sure where they're gonna place it. If I if I was a guest in person, I it might be on top. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, man, that's that's nice. Uh, let's see. What else we got here? You know, those, those old uh, light fixtures we had mm-hmm. with the signage on, on, on Gallimore Fieldhouse. 
where that's the digital ribbon and it's actually lit up but because it was daylight and and the colors that they were using you know it's hard to tell but that's the you got a ribbon board that runs the whole entire length of uh the uh gallimore uh field house so instead of having those old light up signs we'll we'll, we'll be running um information across those ribbons interesting okay each each corner of the end zone has those same ribbon boards also all right there was some of them so look at some of the speakers on the back side of the uh, scoreboard that is the redone parking lot fully paved lined regraded proper proper number Proper yeah. spacing for the uh for the uh, drainage spaces. Yeah. Okay. No no mud, no rocks. Wow. Mm. That's pretty and I and there's light. Is that lights I see out there in the parking lot too? Yeah, the lights always been out there though. Oh, they have so, been okay. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And you got some steps, you know, the, the way it's set up. The uh coming from the um the village, which used to be Pogenhorn, mm -hmm. that that's the entrance gate gateway. That's supposedly the gateway into the stadium. So now you know you get they got a big gate and a big open space in the village where you can um walk down through the gates and then they have they put steps down there on the hill so that uh hopefully um folks uh can on game day more easily maneuver through the folks parking and tracking and traffic and so forth and get to uh get to the stadium so the top to that to that area on the right is now just essentially a uh a, a driving lane there's no parking or at least as far as we can tell right now there's no parking up there as far as we can tell yes right right Okay, interesting, interesting. Uh, there's another angle, some more parking lots. Yeah, now, that's did, on the that's on the east side there. Did mm -hmm. you mention that the part the number of spaces actually went down? Correct. Correct. Okay. Because they had to, they had to do some things with the curb. They put some curbing and some some drainages and, and some other things in order. So so yeah, the number of parks and they made them a little wider and more consistent because some people had big spots. Some people had tight spots, so you know, yeah. Interesting. And that's the new driveway coming off um by the parking garage coming off of a Wanish Way. So you know, the only way in the brag from the east side was a uh, Bob Hayes Lane. Mm -hmm. Now they 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 created a a, a second entry point where if you, if you go come in like you go into the parking garage there's a street that curves all the way around it and brings you to brag also uh, okay so you come so from the parking garage to brag mm -hmm. uh, that's pretty good good stuff good stuff good stuff yeah. all right all right good stuff all right um all right so and there's again our strike tour that's there uh one other piece that I wanted to show everybody because um, Mike hit me up uh, this 
afternoon and wanted to let me know that guess what? There's availability that he has for this weekend's game. Uh, if anybody's still looking, if you're looking for club level seats, club seats in the beige section. So that's the that's the section um, that's between the uh, 134 to 137, 233 to 238 on the FAMU side. Okay, that's the areas in beige that are part of the club level seating. Um, he has those. He has a small block left for $109 each. Very similar pricing to uh, what he had the past weekend down in South Florida. So $109 each. Uh, he accepts Cash App, uh, which is dollar sign Road Dog 482. You can also do Zell his phone number as well. A lot of the same packaging and information that we had from the uh, from the previous week. And I, I would slow, I would show that slide, but I didn't I didn't tweak it to uh unfortunately I didn't tweak it to uh to fit for the uh orange blossom or I still have the orange blossom classic information there. Um but I will put his information up here in a second, okay? Uh, so it, ways that you can pay for these t uh, these tickets, Cash App, Zelle, or PayPal. Uh, of course, if you make the reference, and we'd love for you to do this, uh, help out the show, use the uh, code BCSN or Strike Zone when you purchase, and a portion will come back to us. And $109 in the club level is a great deal. Seats are available in various areas of the stadium starting at $25 through the FAMU Tampa Alumni Chapter chapter. So you can go to FAMU Alumni Tampa Bay.org if you're just looking for seats, $25, and that helps support the Tampa Alumni Chapter. Again, that's FAMU Alumni Tampa Bay. Dot o -R -G. Okay, and just to give people a sneak peek, that's what some of the, that's what club life looks like there in Raymond James Stadium, the Ray J, as they call it. Of course, uh, home to uh, Super Bowl champions like that guy, TB12. Uh, nice area. These NFL stadiums, boy, they do them right with the club level section, don't they? Yes, they do. Just imagine there are colleges that sometimes have club level sections in their stadiums that look pretty doggone good too. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Yeah, a few of the few rattlers uh that uh that supported, and that's that section there. Yeah, all right, all right. Good section of rattlers that came out. This was from two, this is I believe this is from two years ago. Uh, Three years ago. Uh, how long was it? Three. 2019. No, I thought we played them in 21. No? I thought it was two years ago. But anyway, these are just some of the uh, some of the sites. 
Uh, again, anybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right because Terrell Jennings was the was uh, running. That's right. Yeah, Marquise Bell. Marquise Bell was played in that game. Yeah, so his senior yeah. last year. So whatever year that was. Yeah, that was 21. Yeah. So again, good stuff there. And then uh, let people know where they can. Uh, let me see if I can pull up the the site here. Uh oh. Well, if you go to justlookingout.com, I don't know which. Uh, oh, yeah, here it is. There you go. Justlookingout.com. That's the that's the site. Make sure I only got one O or two O's. Yep, two O's in there. Justlookingout.com. And you can uh, you can reach Mike on uh, Cash App, Zelle. He even has a PayPal. And if you go to the site right here in the code area, type in BCSN or strike zone. But more importantly, you might want to call him because the game is just a few days away. All right. Hmm. All right. All right. Uh, let's talk volleyball. Okay, now let's officially talk volleyball for a few right. minutes here before we before we get ready to uh, wrap up the show with uh, some predictions and and the look ahead to the week. Uh, let's let's make sure we we give credit to the volleyball team for uh, their weekend and then the look ahead. So, Kelvin, if you would do the honors there and, and lead us through that. Volleyball team had three matches uh, this this past week, in and um, they, we had a couple of three two matches. We had a couple of five setters. One on Friday, one on um, Saturday. We actually won the one on Saturday. We lost the one on Friday, and we should have. It was one of those ones where we just did, we hadn't figured out how to close out yet, but you know. And then, then we got swept by Ju on Sunday, and then I just take that as, you know, uh, fatigue. <laughs> they're, they're ready to come home because uh, I'm sure that uh, Ju is not that much better than the other teams we've played. So that's the first time we got swept all year. Mm-hmm. But uh, we did get a we get we did get off the snide, and. Uh, you know, we talked about you know this was a, this was an opportunity for them to win two out of three. They got one out of three. They had opportunity to get two out of three, and so um, I think we you know we've got this this next week of uh, coming up of of games, and then we'll start. Look, and these are at home, so I'm kind of interested to see if the students going to come and support and and uh, and and you know. How to how to how the girls are gelling? I know, coach, as uh was indicated, coach uh, Gokhan is building this team right now. I think he's a less. I think he's a little less, just like Coach Shupi is, like we talked about. He's a little. He'll, he's not as worried about wins and losses right now. He's trying to get his lineups right, and um, you know, find find his rotations and all that. We still going through that process as well as playing ourselves in this shape. So, uh, hopefully, we'll get two out of three this week. Um, we were in Jacksonville 
uh this uh this past weekend and um i have it pulled up somewhere around here who we played and, and by the way uh we had a player recognized as the swag newcomer of the week uh i iani iani sanford yeah uh she was the newcomer of the week for the southwest athletic conference that it was a Jacksonville university it was a tournament three match tournament um we beat northern arizona uh we lost to sanford i mean i'm sorry we lost to ju and citadel and citadel was the five setter on friday the first one where we held we held we actually in fifth set i think held a lead late but what were able to uh, finish mm-hmm. and that was our third five setter in the last week or so because i think we lost the yes. uab so we had three yeah. five setters that could have gone either way you know we could have been uh-huh. on a three-game winning streak going into that tournament finale against jacksonville right now i just looked it up really quick uh the tournament we're hosting in tallahassee this this weekend we have South Alabama, Stetson, and Georgia Tech coming in. And Georgia Tech's coming in ranked the number 11 team in the country, 4-0, and they knocked off number eight, Penn State, who is typically one of the powerhouse teams in the country, an annual contender to get to the um, tournament in the Final Four, and also knocked off Ohio State, who had a pretty powerful team last year and I know they made the tournament I don't know to what how far they advanced but I think they made at least to the sweet 16. so we're knocking off two powerhouse teams from the big 10 and neutral site for Penn State for the at the road to Tampa Invitational and then knocked off Ohio State at home who was ranked number 12 at the time so there were two top 15 teams going at it and Georgia Tech was ranked number 20 when they played Penn State early in the season like the first week of the season. And they played at South Florida. They beat USF as well for their first win. Yeah, that wasn't going to be a tough Actually, one. They played, they played Auburn as an exhibition. So, I mean, theoretically, that doesn't count, but they are, they would have five wins. So they beat Auburn, Ohio State twice, and, South, um, sorry, and um, Penn State with at least two of those teams be, that they beat being in the top 15 at the time that they uh-huh. played. Yep. So it's a pretty big deal to have us host a tournament, but also to have a team of Georgia Tech's caliber. And I don't know where they ended last year in terms of ranking. So I have to look back at that. But to have them come down to Tallahassee for a tournament. So we really need folks to show up. Uh, should be should be a good one. I know that uh, Brooke Hudson, she, she uh, reached a career milestone over the weekend, did she not? Yes. She reached a thousand digs. Yeah. So she reached that milestone. And as previously mentioned, true freshman Ayani Sanford out of Choctawachi, if I pronounced that correctly. High school. Sounds, she made a uh, newcomer. Sounded, sounded pretty good to me, Marcus. You did <laughs> so Cha-cha. Made, we grew up calling it by we ain't try to pronounce it. We just call it Cha Cha. <laughs> So she got freshman of the week, and I think the previous week, um, Brooke, Brooklyn Watts 
uh, receiving the accolades. So we're still, you know, cranking out some of the talent. And we have a lot of newcomers. I do not know. I know Coach uh, Gokhan mentioned one young lady that we had signed or had committed, still working on getting her back in the U.S. I don't know if she's made it yet. I can't tell. And I, I didn't look at the stats to see if she got any playing time or anything. I was just taking a quick peek at the game times, making sure um, you, and I, I apologize if you said them already, Marcus, I was, I was in the midst of doing, I'm listening to you and then I'm trying to get the next stuff together. Uh, South Alabama is tomorrow at six o'clock in Al Lawson. Stetson is Friday, six o'clock in Al Lawson. And then uh, nothing on Saturday, obviously, probably taking into consideration that there's a game. And I like that. That's a good idea. Uh, Georgia Tech is on Sunday. Uh, All three games appear to be on the Rattlers Plus Watch Live page. So you can actually, if you if you want to, make sure you're connected in with Rattlers Plus. And I think these games will appear on Rattlers Plus. I'm hoping so. I, I think, did, did many, I forgot, did many of the volleyball games get streamed last year? I can't recall that they did. I don't feel like many. Uh, there were a few that got streamed on Facebook. Okay. Okay. Now, looking at the Georgia Tech side of the bracket, they play South Alabama at 3 p.m. on Friday. And then they play Stetson at 6 p.m. on Saturday. And then they play us 2 p.m. on Sunday. So I guess they have a spread out in you know, pretty much around Robin for the whole weekend. So some people are playing. Is it just is it just those four schools? Us, South Alabama, Stetson, and Georgia Tech. Yes. Yes. And, and okay. by the way, uh, Georgia Tech last year uh, made it to the second round of the NCAAs where they were ranked number five. Hmm. And they lost to number four Marquette uh, in the second round of the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. So they, they are considered a volleyball powerhouse. Um, them, them and the University of Pittsburgh are the two best teams in the ACC. Yeah. Did you guys, speaking of volleyball from last week, did you guys see the uh, University of Nebraska, what they did, where they put, uh, they had a volleyball day in the state of Nebraska? Nine, 96,000? Yeah. Something like that. 92, yeah. But the, the, largest, the largest, the largest, the largest, yeah, the largest crowd ever see a, a woman's sporting event. Right, surpassing mm-hmm. yeah. the uh, the what was it? The gold medal game from the uh, from from back in ninety whatever, like back in the mid nineties of uh, of that was Mia Ham, not Mia Ham, but uh, Brandy Chastain pulling the shirt off uh, whenever they won the World Cup that year. It was in uh, L.A. That was like the birth of women's soccer in the U.S. But yeah, it, it surpassed that that match. Um, that was a pretty. And- and it also surpassed the, of course, you know, you know, because it was a sport 
and put more seats field level. So, yes. but it also it also surpassed Nebraska's uh, stadium um, record to include the football. It is the most person people they ever had in that stadium for an yeah. athletic event. And I, I had read an interesting article that in uh, was it front office sports. I had read that uh, Nebraska's many many volleyball programs do not turn a profit for athletic departments. They just don't. That ain't one of them. That's not what last. I, I think the number was last year. They 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 went over their budget by like two hundred and thirty something thousand last yeah. year. They have sellouts in a. I think their gym yeah. is like an eight thousand seat gym. So yeah. they sell out. They get sponsorships, all kinds of stuff. They won five yeah. national titles, and then they just drop ninety. I mean, just think of the revenue that they just brought in to not only their program but the athletic department in one day. I mean, pretty doggone impressive. Uh, yeah, I, they're, I, they're one of those powers, too. I mean, I know we upset them, what, nearly 20 years ago, and that put right, us on 2002, the yeah. But Nebraska, I mean, we think – and I know we watch swag volleyball. We don't – and I know myself personally, I'm not aficionado of volleyball, but there are certain teams that always – you always hear about. Hawaii, Nebraska, Texas, Wisconsin, Penn State. Mm-hmm. Like those – and Stanford tend to be mm-hmm. some of the top eight, top 10 teams with some going in and out, like in Ohio state. I don't know if they're known as a, a, a traditional power in volleyball, but there's always like seven or eight teams and Nebraska's one of them. Hawaii's one of them that always tend to be in the mix and, and Florida as well. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's one of those things that it will be interesting to see if anyone tries to replicate or copy that, you know, and what might the, what might the equivalent of something like that be on the HBCU level? I mean, is there, I mean, we, we've seen them. Stop put, it. Okay. Me trying to break your uh, attendance I record. I, I, I can't, I can't dream. I look, we, we want, look, we, we want HBCUs on the same level and to get the same kind of attention. I mean, then we gotta, we gotta dream about, you know, I don't know. Hey, man, let's let, let's get like a thousand people. Let's start there. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. I'm just dreaming. Don't 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 squash my dream. I'm just over here dreaming. Uh, <laughs> I'm just dreaming. Um, but interesting story. Not about that, but the one thing I came across, and it's on Patreon, and I didn't want to. You know, sink the money into it, but they gave a free sample. They have, um, I think I sent you guys a series where they actually spoke on Jake Gaither. I think it was called The Ghost of Football Pass or something like that. I can't remember the name of it, but it was a series of, it was called the Dead Letter Series, where they went and talked about the different different programs in the past that you should know about. Now, the free one they gave away was on Nebraska. And that wasn't, the, I'm hoping it was the family because I want to hear that one because uh, Dr. White was on that one. But I listened to a little bit on the Nebraska and how they started out. They actually had people like in the 30s or 40s going door to door to to fundraise. And that's how they generated like the generational type support. Because they went, some of the coaches went door to door to help with the program in the 30s and 40s. And they just had that groundswell support, almost like Clemson's IPTA program. So, you know, we marvel at them getting 94,000, 96,000 for volleyball, but it started dang on near 100. 
90 years ago in terms of the outreach, and it just continues to flourish. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. So uh, hopefully we see hopefully we see good crowds at the uh, Lawson for volleyball. Um, If you're in Tallahassee and you don't go to Tampa, if you're hopefully they'll get the students there. Um, the band should be there since the band isn't going to be in uh, Tampa. Maybe the band can can show up to the volleyball matches. That'd be nice, right? <laughs> it would be nice. Yeah, it would be nice. What's, what's the rules on that? We know in the football that you know you can't play or you're not supposed to play when your opponent's on offense. I don't know what it is for volleyball. I would imagine probably the same. You know what? I can't imagine. I, was, I, 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 I would assume it's similar to basketball, to be honest. Yeah, Typically, most can... pelt band pieces, uh, I know we don't do a pelt band piece technically, uh, even for basketball, except for when we go to the tournaments. Then we then they'll, you know, the NCAA requires, you know, uh, they, they, they limit your maximum number. But I know at home during the season, you know, the band – don't don't adhere to it, but I, I think the numbers like thirty five or forty pieces um, for 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 a pelt squad for a pelt band at a uh, NCAA basketball tournaments, and I, I would assume it's similar. And of course, uh, pretty much any sport, uh, um, you, you know, they make you even at baseball, they make you. They yeah yeah they make they make you cut off the, the walk up theme music before the first pitch right so pretty much so so pretty much in any sport you know artificial noise once it, the ball is in play is 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 not acceptable right right but uh, you you can cheer though if we got cheerleaders well obviously the cheerleaders won't be there. Well, no, they won't be there. Um, but you know, hey, you know, they, okay. They may, they, they may be there. I mean, they, they, they could be there. I, I don't think they, they I don't know if they typically had the game or not, but they could be there Thursday for sure. Yeah, that's interesting. So, good luck to our to our volleyball uh, program this weekend. Um, also, we saw the video come out late this afternoon that the tennis program got their championship rings. So that was nice. Congratulations to Coach Nikki and uh, the tennis program. Go! Uh, I know we retweeted it from our Twitter page, but if you're following FAMU Athletics, you probably saw it as well. Let's start to bring the show towards the finish line with a couple of thoughts here. Obviously, some of the new polls, and I know, Kelvin, you – you put a couple of these in the chat features. The most interesting one that I saw that you posted was off the Reddit FCS poll. So on Twitter, this is at Reddit underscore FCS. This is their FCS HBCU top 10 poll for week two. Uh, from 10 to 1, they've got Southern at 10, Hampton 9. Uh, Hampton, who who won? That's a, that feels a little low to me. Uh, Howard at eight. Uh, seven is Prairie View A and M. Six is Morgan State, which is low compared to what I saw from other places. Mm-hmm. Alabama State is five, coming off a win. North Carolina A and T four, after losing to. Uh, who was UAB? UAB, yeah. Um, 
Dirty Pool by uh by Trent Dilfer, by the way. Dirty Pool. If you had North Carolina A&T plus the 24, you should send a bag of poo to Trent Dilfer. Because <laughs> he, he ran up the score to try to cover the spread, and he was successful in doing so with 22 seconds left. But just, just to let you know, um, in case anyone was out there playing around. Uh, North Carolina Central with one first place vote, but they are ranked third. Number two is Jackson State. That blows my mind. <laughs> I think that blows my mind more than North Carolina Central and North Carolina A&T being three and four. I, I, North Carolina Central has been number one. But anyway, FAMU, Florida A&M comes in at number one with nine first place votes. So I guess if you value Jackson State as much as they do, then I can understand you making Florida A&M number one. Yeah, Blue almost did a reversal. I don't know why Blue was so high on Jackson State against us. I don't either. But uh, yeah, yeah, Zach. But Zach, he put out his poll. And, where do you um, have? Where do you have? Uh, FAMU. I, I think we. I still. I think Central was one, and we're two. In his HBCU poll. Yeah. 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 Uh, a lot of people were high on Jackson State, man. Uh, we put it. We did a poll on the uh on the JBN. YouTube feed 60, 62% pick Jackson State. For this past Sunday? Yeah, this past Sunday. Hmm. So, I mean, look, hey, a lot of people, a lot of people real high on Jackson State. They low now. (laughs) Well, Well, we'll find out. We'll find out because uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that or at least make some picks here, Southern and yeah. Jackson State. We'll, we'll see who are you more who are you more down on, Southern or Jackson State? Both teams <laughs> coming off a loss. That'll be interesting. Okay, yeah. uh, just a couple other polls here. HBCU Nightly, uh, they had North Carolina Central number one. That's not surprising. What is surprising, FAMU coming in at two. Morgan State came in number three, receiving a first place vote. So I have no problem with it. Mm-mm. They have the best win of the season so far. Yeah, it, yeah, it was a road win. Okay, I mean, you know, the season just started. I give you that. Uh, uh, Alabama State comes in at four, Prairie View at five. All those teams won. Howard six, Hampton seven. I, Again, y'all keep disrespecting Hampton. All Hampton does is do what? Win. Hampton be grumbling, man. There ain't nobody impressed by that. And it was on 35 31. All Hampton, I'm not impressed. Okay. All Hampton does <laughs> is defeat HBCUs in the non conference. That's all Hampton does year after year after year after year. And they owned H that Howard. Wants to keep throwing out there on their name, so uh, I mean, it's I, Howard. I, in the past, I mean, it's Howard. How only good like every 10 years? Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dr. Cavill, you gotta, you gotta raise your expectations up, man. <laughs> Dr. Cavill, I'm moving forward. Dr. Ville's top seven <laughs> for the uh major division, he's got North Carolina Central. At number one, FAMU at two, Morgan three, Prairie View four, Alabama State 
five, Hampton six, Jackson State seven. So he actually gave Hampton some credit in his rankings. And were there any others? Uh oh, I lost my. Da, 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 da. Oh, there's a couple other here. Uh, let's see. What is this? This the college, the CFB network, HBCU 15. Now this looks like it is a combination of Division One and Division Two. It's got Central One, FAMU Two, Virginia Union Three, Morgan State Four. Jackson State five, then Benedict is six. So I, I'm just kind of stopped right there. But um, that's kind of how <laughs> their poll runs. Just the, in case the FCS want... stats poll, we we what twenty or nineteen? Yes. Yeah, so with the FCS stats poll, we are actually coming in. Uh, let's see. I'm reading right off the press release here, so bear with me here. Uh, the Rattlers entered the season 20, uh, at 25. They jumped to number 21 in the AFCA coaches poll. Yeah. Excuse me. This is the fourth straight season. FAMU has been in the AFCA top 25. Uh, the Rattlers joined the Stats Perform Media poll at number 23. Okay, so uh, 23 in one poll, 21 in the other. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what kind of jump we take moving forward. Uh, again, as previously mentioned, FAMU is on a 10-game winning streak relating back to last season. Currently, we have the nation's third longest streak. Hmm. So... We'll see how this one plays out. All right, fellas, are you ready to do some do some picks, some swag picks? Absolutely. Just want to mention Marcus Riley name, swag, newcomer, and special specials team player of the week, though, for this for his performance against Jackson State. Well deserved, I think. Yes. I mean, it, it it was it was either gonna be him or K Dot, so. Who, who KDOT, and again, in terms of loving the receipts that are made out there, KDOT with 195 all-purpose yards. Uh, if you didn't know his name, you know his name now. All five foot seven of him, you know his name now. And now you know why he was preseason. And he's probably overrated. He probably, he probably well earned those accolades that he got in the preseason. Far from overrated. We people people knew who he was two years ago. After two years ago, his performance, and so right. he continues to do what he continues to show out and shine on the on the big stage. So it kind of is helpful now to have him and Riley there. And so uh, these, these other, yeah. you know, hey, I tell you what, these other receivers, and when they get those opportunities, guys are gonna have to make a name for themselves and catch a ball when it comes to them. Like, like Trevante Davis did. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Early. When it came to him. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So here's what we got in the SWAC. An interesting mix of uh, games against Division II opponents and some games against some FBS opponents. The only 
SWAT v. SWAT matchup this week is the Boombox Classic. Yeah. Playing, being played in Baton Rouge, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, I believe Jackson State obviously has won the last couple years. But prior to prior to Coach Prime, I think Southern had like a seven-year run on this thing. Dawson Odoms just was beating the brakes off of Jackson State. <laughs> and and then, then he left to go to Norfolk, and Dion came in, and it's all changed. So now we got T.C. Taylor and Eric Dooley. Uh, who do you got in this one, Marcus, Jackson State or Southern? Mm. No, I did not see Southern. I didn't watch their game against Bama State, so I'm not sure. I read a synopsis of it, and it sounded like they came out hot and just got cold, and then Bama State just methodically worked them down. And we know Jackson State's coming off that L, and I don't know what's the status of their quarterback. I think I read something today that said he was questionable, but perhaps his hand may be healed by this weekend, but I don't know, especially in a short week. And he looked like he tweaked his hand a couple times during the FAMU game. And this is that Southern? It is that Southern. Uh, I don't know. I'm about to give Southern the benefit of the doubt. I want to be consistent with my preseason prediction with with um, Southern coming out the West. And so they're going to have to turn it around. Even though I think the Bama State game wasn't a, considered an out-of-conference game. So is this. Right. So is oh, this. Okay, this one is, is as well? Yeah, okay. this one is as well. So you're going with who? I'm going to go with Southern. Uh-huh. All right. Kelvin, who you got? I'm switching out, man. I'm going um, Jackson State. I just don't trust. I, I don't – don't look like they got their um, quarterback situation still figured out. And Dooley is too slow to make adjustments. Uh, and I saw some of his comments coming, coming up to this game. It looked like he's doubling down on blood and – some of the of things that they did uh, uh, against Bama State, and I think Jackson State is just as good as Bama State defensively and a little bit better offensively. So so I, I'm going to go with uh, Jackson State to I see different. Yeah, Jack- Jackson State showed me their heart in the second half. Um, they and, and depending upon the quarterback situation, I, I think they got two good – quarterbacks for for them and, and it's just a matter of which one they want to roll with and as long as long as southern doesn't come out and punch them in the mouth early with a kickoff return or a punt return for a touchdown in the opening play or a big play touchdown i i think southern's the one that has something to prove i mean they're at yeah. home i think the pressure the pressure yes. is on southern and yeah. and the pressure is on coach dooley uh, yeah. for this one and I, I i can't imagine he's one of Two coaches that man, they in a they in a bad spot if they go zero and two. Uh, I'll tell you, yeah, yeah, yeah they let, are. I'll let you guess who might be the other later, but but that that is a tough spot for them to be in. So I'm I'm rolling JSU. So I'm I'm with you on this one, Kelvin. Uh, okay, another matchup in the SWAT. This one is the New Look Southern Heritage Classic. Uh, UAPB. And Tennessee State both came off big-time losses on the road, but a lot of people felt encouraged because each team had a lead in the first quarter. 
Tennessee State had a 3 nothing lead against Notre Dame. They were hitting Notre Dame in the mouth and, you know, taking taking shots at guys. And UAPB, uh, a lot of people said what Kelvin said earlier. Oh, UAPB looks good. And then, you, I mean, okay, don't look at the score. So now I got to go watch. The, I got to go look at <laughs> well, the Well, they reading. dominated. No, they, 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 dominated, they dominated the first quarter. Like I say, they had three turnovers in the first quarter. And I, it wasn't it wasn't give me. They 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 took it. All right. So oh, it brings yeah. it brings it to you know UAPB, Tennessee State. Uh who you got, Kel? I'ma surprise people. I like Coach Hampton. I told you uh since Swag Media Days, I liked him. Um he he dropped that nugget about he, you know, that you know, you know, he got all his scholarships and everything. Uh, I think he know what he's doing, and and and, and once I got a chance to see his defense, they can get pressure. They got this this defensive end who's about six four. He's still like he's like an Isaiah Land right now. He's still light. He, I think he's kind of young, but he's long like that and very athletic. And I, I really like their quarterback and some of their skilled people. So I'm gonna go with UAPB on this one in a close one. Okay, okay. What do you got, Marcus? <laughs> Uh, great question. I mean, I, they both played against FBS opponents, so you can't really, you know, gauge how they're gonna how they're matching up right against right. each other. So in this instance, uh, you know what? I'm gonna go with TSU. I'm gonna go with the um, Tennessee State. Eddie George is in his what third season, second third season? season, yeah, third, third season. season. And I don't know if you got a quarterback. I, yeah. I would have went with TSU if I if I had confidence in their quarterback. I think UAP got UAPB got a better quarterback and, and probably just as decent. I think they can match up with them talent wise. Mm. I, I you know just I just don't know if they used to winning. So if it's a close game, can they close it out? But but yeah. All right, I, I'm going. I'm going. Uh, UAPB. I I picked them. I and again, I, I kind of messaged you, Kelvin, but I heard much of the same from uh, Drew on Monday, and so, like I said, I I guess I just got to go put my eyes on it just to make sure I see what all you guys saw about UAPB. But a lot of I've heard a lot of positive comments about UAPB, like people really excited about what they saw. And then I go look at the score and again, 49-7. But anyway, okay, it is what it is. All right. Um, more slack action here. Now, I didn't, you know, if you want to quickly, uh, well, I'll just go through it. Texas Southern's traveling Toledo. That's one of the, of course, in our game against uh, South Florida. our game against South Florida, you've got Grambling traveling to LSU. I think I think those are the three SWAT matchups versus an FBS. So of the three, let, let's take FAMU out of it. So I'll just say between Texas Southern and Grambling, who can get the win? Neither. Probably a right answer. That's probably the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the right answer. Ready answer. See, none of the above. None of the above. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you what, do? You agree with that take there, uh, Marcus? Yeah, 
Yeah, LSU's coming off that big L against Florida State, so they're gonna be hot. Yeah, they're gonna hang. They're gonna hang seventy on Gremlin. Yeah, seventy. Uh, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna put it on them. I don't know about seventy, but I I don't know what the line is. I, but I'll be. They might cover it. LSU might cover it. Now they're gonna cover it. Uh, Texas. Don't, don't, don't put your money on. Don't put your money on that. Oh one. no, no, I'm not crazy. <laughs> no, I, look, no, 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 I. I had a good weekend last weekend. I'm trying to find another told you so game. So far, I had two of them the other day between the Colorado game and then the uh, FAMU game. So I, I don't know. I'm looking for a told you so game. Uh, I don't. I'm gonna go with you guys. I if I had to shoot gun to head, I would go Texas Southern. But I don't know what Toledo has. So I feel like the safer bet is to say none of the above. Uh, okay. Uh, Abilene Christian, that's an FCS opponent, correct? Yes. Yes. Now, now they are traveling into uh, the Panthers' den to take on Prairie View A&M. This is an interesting contest from the standpoint of can Prairie View win? These are one of these FCS PWI opponents that if the HBCU programs are going to get recognition, more recognition. They need to win these games. We need to see yeah. teams win these games. So, do you feel like Prairie View can beat Abilene Christian this weekend? So that's the game. Abilene Christian at Prairie View. Uh, start with you, Kelvin. Can they? Yeah, they can. Do I believe they will? No. And the reason why I don't believe they will was because you know. They shouldn't have won. They shouldn't have won against Texas Southern. But to their credit, they just hung in there and wait and feast off mistakes. Well, Abilene Christian ain't gonna make those mistakes. They're a lot, lot more physical um, in terms of the, the line of scrimmage. And so I have to see now. If it, if it was all corn, I, I I probably lean the other way. But I don't trust those Texas schools. So. <laughs> No, <laughs> I'm going with Abilene Christian. Interesting. Yeah, exactly. Very interesting. What do you say, uh, Marcus? Uh, yeah, I don't know about much of Abilene Christian. I know we got at least one transfer from there. Um, so maybe two over the last two years. Uh, but actually, I saw that even though it's nothing to do with it, I think they got a revitalized locker room. So they got some money pumping in the program. Mm-hmm. It'll definitely be interesting. I think Prairie View. If if they adopt, and once again, I'm kind of going back to last week because I think they got the Caleb Johnson transfer from Mississippi Valley. I think if they lean on the run game, shorten the game, and if they show discipline, they'll put themselves in a position to win. So I'm a, I'm going to be a home run. I'm going to Prairie View. Okay. Um that's that's kind of good, Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they set yeah, you I mean, up, Marcus. Look, I look, yeah. <laughs> get, I your would, hope I, up, get your hope up and then just like my man. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. No, I ain't gonna I, say what I was just gonna say. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want I don't want to get nobody upset. Yeah. Marcus, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you be out there on that on that uh the lone wolf <laughs> on that one, brother. I'm gonna yeah. I uh 
yeah, you know, I, didn't, I feel like Prairie View was in a similar spot last year. They were. They, yeah, that, I, I feel like they were in a similar spot last year. They were, they were competitive. And, and, and against another mm-hmm. FCS opponent that they should have won, but they didn't. Was that yeah, Incarnate I, Word or somebody like that? Might have been Incarnate Word. Yes, that sounds familiar. Yeah, uh, they, so I it. think that then they lose by like two touchdowns or something like that eventually. Yeah. I'm like thirty-one, seventeen, and fourteen, or something. I'm gonna I'm let you have this one, uh, yeah. Marcus. I'm gonna go with Abilene Christian. Uh, the other HBCU versus uh, FCS PWI Alcorn traveling to Stephen F. Austin. Now, I think last year Stephen F. Uh, or Alcorn beat Stephen F. Austin, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. beat him at home. So a little bit of a revenge factor spot here for. Uh, Stephen F. Austin. Uh, who do you like in this one, uh, Kelvin? I like their team. I predicted them to be the West. McNair is a veteran coach. The strength of their team is their defense. They've won. They won. They know they can win that type of game. Um, they, we know they're going to run the ball. So it, it rely on their defense. So I'm going with all corn on this one. Ooh. Okay. I like corn. Uh, what do you got, uh, Marcus? Uh, I'm going to go with Alcorn. Ooh. I like corn. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I'll go oppo of you guys. I've been I've been fooled and let down too many times in these situations. Um, yeah, the Steve the the factor of Stephen F. Austin winning uh, losing last year they they will be they will be very alert and aware of Alcorn and probably their focus will be on that Russian attack and uh, you know if Alcorn is. If all to, to, to your, it's gonna come from their quarterback. The quarterback to, to your to your to your to your point, Brian. Yeah, I think the biggest challenge they're gonna have is them refs. <laughs> isn't it always? <laughs> isn't it always? So yeah, there, there's a there's that. Um, now the other game that I put on the list was Miles. At Alabama State, but it also it's one of a couple of Division II uh, SIC matchups versus the SWAC. Now we saw what happened. The CIAA went two and one versus the MIAC last week. Won two of the three games. So here this week we've got Savannah State traveling to Bethune, Miles traveling to Alabama State and you got Lane College traveling to Alabama A&M. Dangerous spots. Yes, no, maybe. Kelvin, who's the who's the team to, that might get the big upset? Or who should be on upset watch? Alabama State. Because they almost got got last year. If I okay. remember correctly, they won by like one point. Mm, you might be on to something. You might be right. It was a very tight game last year. So in state rival, they they won't fear 
Alabama State. So that would be my pick. Marcus, uh, what about you? You've got uh, those three games. Who are you going to go with? That's an interesting question. I agree with Kelvin, probably based on last year. But I'm still curious. I don't remember Savannah State's record if they had the same coach, but they had gone back to like a wishbone. I think they went five and five last year, if I'm not mistaken, what Savannah State did. I or mm-hmm. Either four and six or five and five. Uh, off, off the top of my head, it escapes me. Yeah, I was just trying to remember. They went to a Coaches. This is the game Wood came forward to lose. Yeah, yeah. Really? He, he got to get this W. Mm-hmm. He get a mulligan with uh, their first game. And afford to, I can't afford to lose games, says Kelvin. Mm. Already. Well, yeah. The expectations is that he would beat a, a Division two school. I mean that, that we all have that expectation now. If we o- get upset, o- otherwise, otherwise they're gonna get Terry Zims. <laughs> oh, too soon. Too soon. <laughs> he was he was two coaches ago. So I mean I'm trying to figure out. I'm like yeah, that's a, a coach and a half ago. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> technically. All right. So <clears throat> Kelvin, you're going with Miles. Is that the pick you're going with? The, who had the best chance to pull up? Say yes. Best chance. Okay. And uh, Marcus, who's your who's your best chance? Same, Miles. Um, who? Lane versus who? Who's Lane going against again? Alabama A and M. See, I don't do it. No, no, you're you're right. I I don't think any of I'm going none of the above because I think I have Bethune winning. Yeah, so I'm going. I'm going to play none of the above between the three. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that brings us to our final thoughts, bold predictions. Just to recap last year's. Bold prediction, score predictions. Marcus predicted a 31 to 24 win for FAMU last week. Kelvin predicted 31 to 14. I predicted 27 to 17. I would say your boy got the closest. Now, the margin of 18, actually, Kelvin would actually be closer with the margin. Right, thirty-one to fourteen is what seventeen points. The margin was eighteen. Uh, so, uh, uh, Marcus, you be the judge. Who had the better score prediction, Kelvin or me? Kelvin, next. I said, I said, Marcus, <laughs> not you. So twenty-seven seventeen versus what was Kelvin's score again? 31, 31, 14. 31, 14. Come on, you, you you guys you guys in the chat rooms, who had the better score prediction, Kelvin or me? Kelvin's again was 31-14. Well, we should have had we should have had more than 31. We should have way more. Yeah, should have but, but I but, yeah, but uh, yeah. everything centered around again our defense. I think our mm-hmm. defense is, is elite. And I told you I didn't think the team would get more than two touchdowns on our defense unless we turn in the ball over. 
Yeah, and I I, I have to get that to Kelvin just because the the score was lower. His prediction of the score. Come on, man. That's <laughs> okay. That's yeah. All righty. I'll mark that down. I win. Right. You lose again. Hey, but didn't I call for a, a a kickoff return touchdown or something like that? Didn't I? I didn't even go back and listen to the video, but I feel like I called for some kind of return touchdown. I mean, that's that's your bold prediction almost every game. No, is it? No, I don't think that's it every game. No. You, you say there. that a lot. It might. <laughs> All right. Well, here we go. Uh, bold prediction time again. Want to remind everybody: make sure if you're coming out, go out to the uh, the strike zone tailgate uh, Saturday afternoon. Uh, let me put the I'll put the graphic up one more time to remind people. That's where we will be doing our pregame show with uh, the FAMU tailgate for the. Uh, the Rattler RV strike zone. That's where we will be doing our pregame show. And then if we're fortunate enough, we will do a postgame show, maybe on site, maybe at a nearby hotel, but you got to make sure you're following the, uh, make sure you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those, all those great places. Make sure you're following the uh, ONG right there. There's the handles, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, ONG Strike Zone. Uh, you can also download our app and turn on notifications on the app. And then guess what? <laughs> You'll get notifications when the show goes live. <clears throat> All right. Man, can't get this. All right, got to get that out of here. Got to drink some tea for the next couple of days, so I'll be ready for our our pre-show. Okay, bold predictions, Marcus. I'll let you go first. What's your bold prediction for Saturday's contest? I'm not sure how bold it is, but I think Jeremy Moose is going to have at least 250 yards passing. Okay. I mean, that seems kind of low, but okay, we'll take it. They only had 150 against Jackson. <laughs> see, see, over 250 yards passing, always shade. Uh, over 250 passing. Thanks. That's it's any, anything else, Marcus? Just over 250. Mm, and this game will be closer than the experts think. I don't know the spread. I don't know the spread, so what do you got? Knowing that um this uh head coach was at UCF when they blew us out and he will he was at Tennessee, I think he don't believe. And he's gonna kick to Sheree. And, and to uh, Riley. And I'm saying we're going to take another special teams ball to the house. That's my bold prediction. And also, I see this game following a similar blueprint to to uh, the Jets State game. 
I think we get off to a good start because that's going to be if we have any chance of pulling an upset. We got to, in my opinion, that first quarter we got to have a lead. We got to get a lead, and um, I think we get off to a fast start. I'm gonna say we score a touchdown in in the uh, first quarter, and um, then from there, the number one key for me in this game is playing a clean game. Ultimately, Musa did not turn the ball over. Uh, the offense did not turn the ball over. We want a turnover game against Jackson State. If we have another clean game, I really like our chance to squeak this one out. Uh, it, but the scary part is, it may have it may come down to the kicking game field goal. <laughs> and in that case, I don't like our chances. <laughs> bite, so, bite, bite your tongue. But, but, but I really, I'm, I'm like Marcus. This is very close to a Towson game for me. If we if we play a clean game, well, I, I I'm, I'm okay. Well, give me the ball. I heard five different things in there, Marcus. Did you so like what what is the bold prediction? At first, it was no turn. The kickoff. I, okay. I I gave you an analysis. I, I gave you my bold prediction, which was the kickoff or the touchdown because the arrogance of the co coach. You know, he like hey, okay. that that was against Jackson State. We we played them. They they came return against our speed and our caliber. Okay, so I believe he gonna kick a punt to our return man. So and the he other gonna, stuff is he just going gonna mess around and find out. All right. So the other stuff was your analysis. First quarter, yeah. blah blah blah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna make sure to move that out of there then. Um I now I, now I remember what my bold prediction was. I think it had to do with a it was it, it was a return touchdown, but I think I had said something about maybe Isaiah Major or Kendall Bowler uh having an interception return for a touchdown. So I will go back to the well with that since it didn't happen. I'm going to go for a pick six. Pick six. And then if you ask me by who, <clears throat> I will. I'll go major. I'll go major. Let me see. Who almost came up with one the last time? I'm going to say bowler. I'm going to say major or bowler gets a pick six uh, against USF. That's my that's my bold prediction. Uh, so again, bold prediction. Uh, Marcus says Jeremy Musa passing for over 250 yards. Kelvin's going with a special teams touchdown. I'm going with a pick six. Uh, I, I I don't know what the line is. We'll talk about the spread and how to play all that for anybody who's interested on Saturday afternoon. So uh, yeah. So again. Uh, if you're going to be in the Tampa area, please come out to the the Strike Zone tailgate. Uh, sponsored the Tampa alumni chapter will be having their strike tour. Uh, AD Sykes will be in the house. Two hundred fifty dollars minimum. Again, there's the flyer. There's the link. We'll make sure to retweet it. Come out from three to six p.m. Uh, shake hands uh, with uh, AD Sykes. We'll be on site doing our pre-show. And who knows? Who knows who might come sit down in the big chair? I mean, you know, when you're that close to the ONG strike zone, can you really avoid us? I'm just, maybe. It won't be the first time, but, you know, who knows? We'll see. We'll see. It should be fun all the same. Uh, shout out to uh, Rick Kinsey, James Green, um, yeah. the uh, Tampa alumni folks, Mike Reed, who's also, if you're, if you're interested, 
again in some ticket opportunities. Floyd Hill. Yep. Oh, Floyd's, Floyd's going to be in the house? Of course. He got okay. his own tailgate going on. Sarasota in the house. Oh, Sarasota's in the house. Okay. Well, I mean, hey, look. Um, we look forward to uh, all of the Rattlers that'll be in Raymond James on Saturday night, 7 p.m. kickoff. Should be a good time. I, I think I'm I'm very eager to see how we improve from game one to two. And I think that's going to be uh, pretty impressive. I got a good feeling about this team and uh, well-coached. I think they'll be hungry. Uh, and this is, as Coach Simmons said, uh, get get paid, get, your, get a check game, something to that effect, he says. But this is a game that all of those seniors who have NFL aspirations, this is what the scouts are going to compare your film to. They're going to say, what does he look like against a power five opponent? You know, I, we're going to look, we're going to look damn good. We're going to look better than we looked two years ago. And that was a winnable ball game. So <clears throat> we're looking forward to it. Thank you everybody who came in the chats. Thank you to our, our guests who uh, joined us on the show. We're going to look to do that more regularly and uh, continue to flash those receipts out there in uh, whether it be Instagram, social media, Twitter, or X, or, or wherever it is, Facebook, uh, let them folks know. Uh, and, and then eventually, eventually we'll move forward. But we still got a, we still got a few days left of the uh, Jackson State hangover, and then we can really start focusing on uh, on South Florida. So we'll do that in the next day or two. So. That's going to do it for tonight's show. ONG Strike Zone, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is where you can find us. Uh, you can always email the show, ongstrikezone at gmail.com. Make sure you're following Marcus on Twitter. Make sure you follow Kelvin, and make sure you follow me. We appreciate it. For the guys, Marcus, Kelvin, I'm Brian. We'll see you Saturday afternoon in Tampa, Florida for the pre-show, and then we'll get ready for the – the striking of the bulls on Saturday. Look, there's the new show name for Saturday. Striking of the bulls. I love it. Just came up with something. Make sure to write that one down. All right. Peace out, everybody. Have a good night. And uh, we'll see you in Tampa. Peace out.